Welcome to episode 134 of the Grip Strip Podcast, a How Do You Like Me Now edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, uh, coming off of a pretty rough weekend if you look at a lot of the things that I'm involved with. But uh, we're here, we're kicking, uh, getting ready for another week, and uh, looking forward to the show as always with my co host, Josh Refine. What's going on, brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. You know, yeah, exactly. How do you like me now? No, but uh, it was a. A lot of interesting things happened in racing this weekend. Of course, we'll get into it. Bubba Wallace winning under green condition. So he won one that wasn't raining now, and that was good and everything. And football was disappointing on both ends, on college and NFL. Um, and, you know, just a lot of lot of stuff that happened this weekend in the world of sports. Yeah, we uh, our team's lost. I mean, your your team... Uh, lost to the Washington general commanders and made, uh, it was unfortunate, made Carson Wentz look like 2017, but Jacksonville came back and fought, which is not something they've done in recent years. Um, The Niners had a good first half, gave up a terrible play at the end of the first half, and that essentially set the tone for the rest of the game. Trey Lance struggled. Um, The defense made bad penalties. Maybe some of those penalties were questionable, but too many bad penalties allowed an offense that was non-existent to score two touchdowns, and that was essentially the difference. The Niners will be playing the Seattle Seahawks at home this coming weekend and uh, for their home opener, so we'll see how that goes. Seattle right now is playing Monday Night Football against their former quarterback in um, in Russell Wilson. Uh, the, for the Jacksonville, uh, who do you guys play uh, on Sunday? Sunday, this coming Sunday, we play the Indianapolis Colts at home, yeah. so potentially a get-right game there based on the last uh, seven years playing in Jacksonville, you know, since uh, 2014. Or yeah, since the end of 2014, Jacksonville has won every home game against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, including the London home game. Uh, so you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens if the streak continues to go on. But um, you know, it could also come to an end. You know, at some point it has to end. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that that game is going to look a lot tighter after Indianapolis had their hands full in Houston yesterday. Uh, Davis Mills played really well, their team played well, and they tied, uh, something that a lot of people probably didn't expect. If people figured uh, Indianapolis would go in there and probably win, and I guess you could say the same thing about last year, the last couple of weeks of the season, and then they blew that situation. So we'll talk about football for sure later on in the episode, because now we're getting down to the end of the season with a lot of racing, and we have some big gaps. Uh, Daryl Wallace Jr., getting a second career Cup Series victory, uh, sweeping the season for 23-11 um, at Kansas Speedway for the 45 bunch, and um, big victory for him in his career and big victory in general. Unlocks the team into the round of 12. Kyle, the big news I think uh, that will be coming up later this week is Kyle Busch is leaving Joe Gibbs Racing after 15 years to move to RCR and more than likely taking over Tyler Reddick's car, which means the eight car, 
which means that uh, not only is Kyle Busch going there, he's going back to Chevy after initially, well, first he was with Ford, then he went to Chevy with Hendrick uh, before his long and successful partnership with Toyota. Um, Chevy, Kyle Busch Motorsports is going to go to Chevy. Uh, There's modified, their late model programs going to Chevy. So this could have wide ranging effects on the um, driver development front, uh, especially for Toyota. Tyler Reddick, who is signed for 2311, is he going to be in a third 2311 car? Is he going to take over the 45 from Kurt Busch? Is Kurt Busch going to go and decide to retire? He's been hanging out at places recently. He's been seen at different events uh, in recent weeks, but he's still not healthy enough to drive. And it seems like they're not going to call him back to drive the rest of this year. Uh, I have a hard time believing that they would do that now after uh, Bubba Wallace won on Sunday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the points heading into the cutoff. Uh, it's pretty dire for a couple of drivers and Kyle Busch is right on the bump. Gagson won an Xfinity, rain short in race and um, gets his fifth win of the year. Then uh, in the cutoff, it's the last race coming up this Friday night at Bristol. Sheldon Creed is 13 points behind uh, the cutoff right now. So we'll see. Uh, He had an opportunity, of course, at Darlington to win and wasn't able to pay that off. And it looks even worse in hindsight because of uh, not being able to get a full race in at Kansas. But he's only 13 points behind. We'll talk about that. Who do we think is going to make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. John Hunter Nemechek takes his second win of 2022. And Carson hosts uh, on a last lap pass on Carson Hosevar. And um, Hosevar tried to stay out late. Bill mileage didn't work out for him. Matt Crafton, after one of the longest years of his uh, illustrious career, both him and Hosevar are out heading into the round of eight at Bristol. Uh, IndyCar saw Will Power win the elusive second championship after setting the pole record the day before. Alex Pillow wins in his last race as the uh, current champion, dominating. Um, Might be some news in regards to what might be going on with him uh, here in 2023. Uh, Christian Lungard wins Rookie of the Year over David Malukas. There's other things, other stuff we need to discuss in IndyCar as they'll be now. Now they have their offseason. Uh, long off season, longest off season amongst most all motorsports. Uh, the Italian Grand Prix, Verstappen wins five his fifth in a row. Issues trying to get Daniel Ricardo's car off the track assisted that. Uh, Leclerc started on pole, finished thir- second. Russell started P two, finished third. So all three teams represented on the podium. Sainz and Hamilton fourth and fifth, coming from the back. Uh, Max Verstappen can become a two time world champion. Uh, at Singapore uh, at the end of this month uh, with a decent enough finish. Uh, the other big piece was, that took away is Nick DeVries started the weekend driving FP1 for um, Aston Martin, then ended up in the Williams because uh, Alex Alexander Albon took ill, had an appendicitis, and then uh, re- apparent respiratory event that had him had to get reintubated. Uh, supposedly he's out of the hospital. The plan is they're hoping he will be ready for um, for Singapore 
in a few weeks' time, but we will see about that. Essentially what happened is Nick DeVries gets a few laps of practice in two different cars, jumps in the Williams, out-qualifies Nicholas Latifi, and then scores points on debut with Nicholas Latifi starting to get a little more pointed in his comments, knowing more than likely he just lost his job. Uh, The GSP roundup will go over Felipe Drogovic uh, winning the F2 championship while in the pits because Amory Cordiel ran into him, because that's what Amory Cordiel does. Uh, Victor Martens in a crazy race uh, with similar feelings of Abu Dhabi last year. Uh, somehow or another comes through, wins the Formula 3 World Championship in their last round uh, of their season. Uh, Formula 2 still has uh, one round to go, which will be at Abu Dhabi uh, at the end of the year. Fuji Speedway, WEC, the Toyotas win, but now it's a little closer battle and heading into their final round. Uh, Manny Coor, World Superbikes controversy between Alvaro Bautista and Johnny Ray, uh, in which uh, crash an accident happening and controversy there, which is something we'll discuss. 30 points in that championship. Supercars uh, for the last time in Pukekohe, uh, New Zealand. Shane Van Gisbergen gets a home couple of home wins there. Not shocking. Uh, Dave Will Davison gets the first race win for DJR. Um, big wreck uh, between Mark Winterbottom and um, you know, the Erebus uh, Will Brown team. Might be uh, there's some controversy with that. We'll get into that. NHRA will be making their playoff uh, opener this weekend at Maple Grove for all four pro categories. So something to look at there. Who do we look at as favorites? Moto2, MotoGP Moto2 at Aragon. Uh, Point standings are getting a little tighter in the MotoGP. The Moto2 standings are very close. Augusto Fernandez, of course, uh, winning last race or getting a couple races ago and now going to MotoGP, whatever happens um, the rest of this year. I will get into the NFL. Uh, Both uh, the Niners and Jaguars lost. My fantasy teams don't look so great this week, so uh, it's been a pretty ugly week for sure <laughs> uh, but i'm i'm glad it's a new week new uh new beginnings new opportunities uh some players that played well some players that didn't we'll get into that in regards to both real real play and fantasy play uh nascar will have their triple header at bristol this uh coming weekend first i think wednesday night or thursday night for the trucks friday for the xfinity and Saturday night for the Bristol night race and the cutoff of the first round for the cup playoffs. Uh, Josh will uh, talk about all things iRacing and sim racing in his sim segment. We'll close the deal. So yes, William Darrell Wallace Jr., Darrell Bubba Wallace Jr. uh, wins his second career cup series race at Kansas Speedway. Um, Big win in the Hollywood Casino 400. The first two races of the playoff have seen non- driver points competitors win the race and Bubba was up there all day top five stage points uh results same amount of points as Christopher Bell who won stage one and um, finished second in stage two Christopher Bell is the points leader going into Bristol has locked himself in to the next round of the playoffs Alex Bowman uh after basically being non-existent the entire year, Josh um, has woken up and led the most laps yesterday, 107. Um, second most laps led were Bubba Wallace. He got, uh, so uh, it was really those two guys 
Um, 38 laps led by Tyler Reddick from pole, and then he had tire issues, which is seemingly typical now of Kansas Speedway with this car, rough surface, bad year tires being what they are, and Tyler Reddick now has issues with that in regards to his points situation. Kevin Harvick getting chastained, um, being the bad end of a chastained sandwich, going into Bubba Wallace, and then uh, Kevin Harvick getting taken out that way, so even if Bubba Wells had the great run that he had. Now, the maggot morons in the LCD, and on top of that, Kevin Harvick fans are going to blame him for that, even though it was Chastain. Um, Chastain, in the end, still finished seventh. I'll go into the top uh, 10, and frankly, the four, 13 of the top 14 drivers have some involvement in the playoffs. Uh, Bubba, of course, in the owner's championship, they're in a round two. Bubba Wallace beat his car owner, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell giving Toyota's top three after generally lacking some pace. I mean, Bell and Wallace had pace, but Hamlin didn't have any all practice and all weekend. Alex Bowman fourth, Martin Truex fifth, so four Toyotas in the top five. William Byron, Ross Chastain, Kyle Larson, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez round out the top ten. Chase Elliott, William Clyde Elliott the second, Austin Sindrick, Chase Briscoe, Austin Dillon, Chris Buescher round out your top 15. So... Only playoff drivers behind that that group there, Joey Logano, who had led early in the race and got stage points in both stages, finished 17th. Kyle Busch had tire issues and uh, finished 26th, a lap down, first car one lap down. Then, as I mentioned, Reddick, who finished 35th, and Kevin Harvick, who finished dead last. So, Josh, I mean, Bubba Wallace was up there all day. He was one of the fastest cars. The 48 was up there. Um, I mean, Bowman was leading up to, you know, but Bubba was leading there. Bowman and him essentially had the lead for the from lap 121. Essentially from lap 121 till the end was led by either Alex Bowman or Bubba Wallace, with the exception of Daniel Suarez leading seven laps during a pit exchange. But Gateman victory... You're not going to, I mean, for Bubba, you'll never be able to get rid of the naysayers and the haters in that sense, but that is probably the best uh, performance that Bubba Wallace has had in a major three NASCAR series uh, event uh, to go and be that good the whole entire day, maximize the car, the team did their job on pit road, and he really was just kind of playing with them. And him and Freddie did a great job, and I think Freddie is still hungover. I don't know if he made it to the DBC. I guess we'll find out here later this week if he made it to door bumper clear, um, because I'm sure he got really loaded. Um, I got to see it coming back from the horse race at Monmouth Park, and I was I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. My uh, my friend was telling me and giving me updates. He was sitting there watching the race, and I'm like, oh man, can this be? And I'm looking at the Twitter feed. I'm looking at Joe Joe's um, updates, Joe Passero's updates, and I'm like, oh my god, can it be? Can it be? I get there, got there like twenty something laps ago, and got to see him win the race, and uh, it was a huge victory for Daryl Wallace Jr. Uh, for 2311 with what might be coming, uh, an apparent expansion of their organization or uh, 
um, the retirement, a retirement coming, and then also um, and Tyler Reddick coming along. It's going to be uh, it's a good year, good time for Bubba Wallace right now to have that happen after what I think he probably thought was a lost opportunity in Kansas earlier this year when he had a really fast race car. I mean, yeah, this season for Bubba Wallace was uh, you know a lot of a lot of opportunities that they had. Uh, for you know, top ten finishes, top fives, and then had chances uh, to go for the win. I mean, going start back all the way, you know, beginning of the year, uh, Daytona um, finished second there and uh, came within basically a fender of uh, winning the Daytona 500 uh, back in you know all the way back in February. And then you mentioned uh, Kansas back in May. They had a fast car there and. Uh, they had issues on you know, on pit road, and um, they came back to finish tenth. Uh, you know, go go look at um, the Coca Cola Six Hundred. You know, they they qualified up front uh, in third place, and you know they had probably a top five car there, but you know they got caught up in the one of the accidents, and then um, ended up getting put on the DVP, and they made a mistake there, and uh, you know they they made that mistake and uh, ended up going too slow, and then. You know, NASCAR parked them there. Look at uh, Nashville. They had a fast car there and uh, went back to the front multiple times. Um, and I think, you know, they I think they finished in the top 10 there, but like in ninth or 10th place. Um, then, you know, look at Michigan where, you know, they had the pole uh, and had a chance to win there at the end and just didn't get the push on the final restart there. Uh, and then, you know, got caught up in uh, traffic with uh, or, you know, got raced hard by Joey Logano and uh, Kyle Larson there at the end uh, and Kevin Harvick drove away and won that race. Uh, so a lot, a lot of opportunities there and, and, you know, you saw, I thought, you know, for me, I thought I saw a lot of improvement, you know, throughout, throughout the year, especially when they switched pit crews. Um, and it was uh, just, you know, a matter of being able to put, be able to put a race together. And so I me, mean, I knew at some point, you know, it probably would happen, you know, if they, if they could do it and, you know, the way that they had speed this weekend in qualifying, um, you know, they were able to able to do that. So, uh, it was a good good race for them. You know, they they even had pit road issues here. I think you know they had to loose wheel or loose lug nut, and they came back uh, to pit road. And you know, Bubba Wallace, you know, didn't didn't lose his composure or anything, um, and you know, he was able to uh, get back to the front. And you know, stage stage two end, he was in the top five, and you know, he was racing. Kyle Larson, William Byron, um, for second and third, and he was able to, um, get past them. And then, you know, he was able to reel that, uh, in Alex Bowman. And then from there it was his race, uh, under control. And, you know, just had to make sure he, uh, got to the final pit stop and, you know, got that, uh, squared away and taken care of. And then, you know, it was just a matter of holding on to the lead and, uh, you know, he was able to do that, uh, multiple times during the last stretch of the race. And sometimes, you know, there was a couple of times when you know, the lap times were uh, a little bit, you know, slower than Christopher Bell or Denny Hamlin, but, you know, I guess being able to navigate through traffic and um, stuff and being able to, I guess, get through all that, you know, he was able to keep the lead and Denny Hamlin ended up finishing second who and ended up running out of time uh, and is, you know, the guy that uh, he pays to race in the series uh, right now uh, ends up winning. So, um, you know, he's able, finally able to do that and, um, get a get a win, you know. So you know, now we have 18th uh, drivers who now went one in the series this season. So the most uh, drivers up to this point who have won, and I think what we're like one or two wins away from having the most 
cup wins or cup winners in the season. So, you know, um, it's continuing to be a record breaking season there. So, um, it's pretty, pretty interesting, you know, the way that the parody works out and everything. And, uh, one, you know, one thing we got to talk about, uh, bring up, you know, our former guest on the show, Mr. Phil Spain, you know, the winner of $10,000, uh, courtesy of Moneyline. Uh, I was able to see him, uh, you know, get that, uh, initial 500k in- or $500 entry uh, um, to get onto the car and then you know being able to have it see his name that was, that was pretty cool so yeah shout out to Phil there it's life-changing money I mean even $10,000 can can help a lot plus I think uh, free gas was also part of for the next month is also part of it so huge savings there you know gas uh, you know still pretty tight in some areas so um, you know it's pretty good and um, yeah, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to see Bubba Wallace win this weekend because, you know, when you see somebody you know has an opportunity to get that kind of money if uh, Bubba Wallace or any other driver wins, um, you know, you want to see that happen. And so that was one of the reasons, you know, wanted to see that. But, you know, happy happy for Bill and, you know, happy for you too is, you know, and glad to, you know, see Bubba Wallace, uh, you know, finally win this year. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely in my opinion, a, a good victory and, um, you know, glad, glad it's able to happen. And it's it's for certain fan bases. It's harder than others, of course. But I mean, who gives a fuck be, about those guys? Yeah, man? but I mean, yeah, I've been saying it for years. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I completely know. agree. It's and and then and the reality is that's why it's something we're going to get into in the Formula One discussion here yeah. in a little bit too. But the fact is, he did the job yesterday. There yeah. was no help. There were no legal car. There were no none of that shit. There were no, oh, he had a rain delay crap, none of that, none of this garbage. He earned that victory. And there are people and there are segments of our society that I'll never give him credit, and that's fine. That's good. But the fact is he just went out there and he won that race. And he took that car and he took that team. That team has been having issues all year. They finally put it all together. And they've proven over the last three months, they've been one of the best race cars out there. Yeah, anyway. the last 10 races, there's a statistic on NASCAR Reddit, the last 10 races of uh, the season, Bubba Wallace, I think, has the best average finish here as Jerry Judy scores a touchdown for the... Yeah, uh, I saw that, yeah, yeah so. for Denver. So big, big deal for him trying to to fade the some of the issues that he's had early in his career now that he has a QB... Uh, one that is a Super Bowl winning QB and Super Bowl losing QB in a big spot, of course. But um, going back home, in a sense, for Russell Wilson in his first game back, um, literally on opening day, and um, getting a touchdown there. They're, I think, still down, uh, or they're tied now, I think, at 10 um, at the score. So, yeah, Bubba winning that race, giving that opportunity for that organization to continue in the playoffs. The work that um, Kurt Busch did earlier this year um, to win that race didn't um, go, it it wasn't for, it was all worthwhile. And um, they have an opportunity to continue uh, in this playoff now um, in the next round, which is a little bit more um, uh, iffier uh, set of tracks, I think, for Bubba. I mean, Texas Motor Speedway, I don't think is as bad, even though it's just a shitty racetrack. Um, you know, I think uh, they they should be all right there. I'm not as sure about the road courses, though. He didn't do bad at uh, he didn't do bad at uh, at Watkins Glen relative to what his 
his uh, um, career has been on road courses. So big victory, um, awesome victory as a uh, to see uh, him win. And um, for those that don't like it, you can go and suck a dick. Uh, the driver's point standings going into Saturday night's race at Bristol. Uh, see Christopher Bell locked into the round of 12 on points. He has a 10-point lead on Will Byron. An 11-point lead on Denny Hamlin, 18 points on Joey Logano, and then uh, Ryan Blaney uh, is 22 points back. So that's the top five. Uh, The main discussion, I think there's right now you have from fifth through, or even if you take Joey Logano's 14 points separating fourth through ninth, Uh, they're all pretty clustered together, Chase you got Logano, Blaney, Hamlin, Elliott, Larson, Chastain. The intrigue starts at 10th. Daniel Suarez is plus six above the cut line. Tyler Reddick with his 35th place finish is only plus two. And Austin Sindrick is plus two. Kyle Busch is out by two points, is probably soon to be teammate. Austin Dillon is minus three out of the cut. And then you have Chase Briscoe, who had one of his better runs he's had in a while. Uh, finished fifth. Uh, he's fifteenth. He's nine points out, which is pseudo needing a win. And then the guy who definitely needs a win is Kevin Harvick. First time in his career that he's had three consecutive um, finishes DNFs. He's never had that in his career until now. And by God, if you're picking a worse time to have three consecutive DNFs, uh, while Scott Miller is trying to have a war of words with Kevin Harvick because of how bad the next gen car is made. Uh, so he's fighting multiple battles there, but Kevin Harvick, a multiple time winner at Bristol, his only path to making around a 12 after the recent momentum he had prior to this bad swing is a win at Bristol, which in turn then starts turning the screws on the other, the next six drivers ahead of him in the playoffs, Suarez, Reddick, Sindrick, Kyle Busch, Dillon, and his teammate, Chase Briscoe. Uh, Xfinity Series at Kansas, there ain't a whole lot there. Gagson gets another victory, uh, fifth of the season. Uh, so there's, um, I mean, there's some other um, news and stuff in the silly season, but the Kansas Lottery 300, one race before the playoffs. And we'll get into the race results here in just a moment. Uh, Noah Gregson won the second stage, which basically was the end of the race, over Justin Allgaier, Ty Gibbs, Bruckshot Jones, who started on pole, Ross Chastain from 15th in the uh, Big Machine Records car, uh, round out the top five, A.J. Allmendinger, sixth, Josh Berry, seventh, Sammy Smith, eighth in the 18 car, uh, Sam Mayer, ninth, and uh, Brett Moffitt driving the 07 with Circle B diecast on the car, finishes 10th for qualifying 16th, Sheldon Creed, 11th, Austin Hill, 12th, uh, Herbst was 16th, and that's all the people that had uh, stage points in between that Castle, Sieg, Hemrick guys that are on that uh, cut off or whatever for points. Right now, nine drivers are locked in either through points or through um, wins. I mean, seven are through wins. Sam Mayer and Riley Herbst locked in through points. Hemrick is plus 50. Castle's plus 32. And R- Ryan Sieg is 13 points ahead of Sheldon Creed. And that's the only person who can make it in on points is Sheldon Creed outside of that group. Uh, the battle right now in regards to driver points, uh, A.J. Allmendinger has a 38-point lead on Ty Gibbs. So there's a pretty high likelihood 
that AJ Allmendinger will um, win the regular season title and get that 15 playoff point bonus, which will be huge for him because right now, as it stands, he's 21 points behind Noah Gregson when the playoffs start. In that, in instead, he would be only six. Uh, the playoff point battle would be Gregson Gibbs Allmendinger. Uh, or Grigson, Allmendinger, Gibbs, and then we'd have to see what happens with uh, Allgaier. He'd be giving up a few points to start this playoff, and then Barry Hill, Barry and Hill are a bit back, and then we go from there. But yeah, I mean, the, that race, there wasn't a whole lot that went on uh, in that race. I mean, Gibbs led a good amount of it, and Gregson was really the only other person that led uh, the rain was what they were racing in the grand scheme of things. Uh, the timing was right for Gregson once he took the lead there, Josh, and taking another victory. I guess proving he's probably starting to mature, maybe, I guess, to come to Jesus meeting after he, he right-reared um, uh, Sage Karam at Road America and having to now kind of straight straighten up a little bit because he's going to be a cup series driver for Maury Gallagher and Mr. The King maybe has helped because um, it looks like the guy actually wants it. And it looks like he's starting to change up certain things. I mean, yeah, he's still douchey. Yes. He's still, you know, doing goofy crap to try to appeal to the LCD because he is LCD, but it looks like Gregson's actually trying to fulfill what virtually every other driver of the nine car has done in the Xfinity series, which is win a championship instead of being a waste of a seat, which generally speaking, he's been for most of his career um, other than bringing the big paycheck. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, Greg scored a touchdown just now, but you'll see that in a second. Okay. Yeah. I'll see it in a second. Cause I'm, uh, you're seeing it live and I have it on YouTube TV. So a bit of delay there, but yeah, no, Gregson, um, he's, you know, for the first couple of years in the nine car, didn't produce many, you know, he, I think he, you know, won. He's won a couple times before this season, but not as you know, not as productive as Chase Elliott or William Byron in the same car, and even Tyler Reddick. Tyler. Um, so you know, it has come along. So you know, now I guess he's considered a prospect now for the Cup Series, which has come true now as he's going to drive the forty-two car next year for Penny GMS. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think. Yeah, I definitely think he's matured now. Um, it's been a topic of conversation amongst us, you know, the last couple of weeks is his maturity in the series. And I mean, I think, yeah, he's definitely has matured now. So uh, I think it's more of a question of, uh, you know, will he be able to, um, once we actually get to the playoffs to, you know, in the Xfinity series, to be able to do the things you need to do to maximize your points there through uh, the stages and then, you know, ultimately securing a win or, uh, finishing, you know, maximizing your points for a finish and getting through each, each of the, uh, the rounds in the Xfinity series playoffs to, you know, to, to get to Phoenix. So, um, and then, you know, he won in Phoenix early in the year. So, and everything. So he's already got a little bit of an advantage there, uh, as far as, you know, setup and, uh, strategy and everything. So, um, he could be a favorite if he makes it to Phoenix, uh, you know, for the Xfinity title, so we'll we'll have to see ultimately, if the, uh, you know, if that happens. But yeah, not a whole lot happened in this. I mean, I think it was you know clear with uh, the rain coming on the way, and they're racing to the finish uh, with impending weather. Uh, weather that that was really the focus. Um, but you know, elsewhere in the field, and you know, you talk about the battle between Sheldon Creed and uh, Ryan Reed making the final spot, and Ryan Reed, uh, 
He had a pit stop. I think at the Zeke. last caution, or Ryan C. Yeah, sorry, Ryan C. Had a caution. Uh, the, the, one of the last cautions uh, went and got tires, and then was able to um, pick up positions after that, and um, you know continue to uh, increase his gap or minimize the you know amount of points that Sheldon Creed could have given or gained on him uh, throughout the you know throughout that race uh, to the premature end of that. So. Um, it's going to come down to, I think, Sheldon Creed. Ultimately, I think he's going to have to, you know, more than likely have to win or, uh, you know, figure out a way to, um, you know, finish as high as possible and get as much stage points as he can and hope that, you know, something, you know, bad luck or something like that happens early on to uh, Ryan Sieg and, you know, like a early crash or mechanical failure takes him out and then he's able to, you know, win both stages or not win both stages necessarily, but, you know, finish as high as possible, like a top three or something like that in both stages and then be in contention for the win and ultimately win or finish in the top three. I think that's probably what it's going to take for Sheldon Creed to uh, make the playoffs for the Xfinity series. But um, yeah, I think that was the other interesting battle there. Uh, between those two guys but yeah you're right nothing nothing crazy happened in this race um i mean i almost thought that ty gibbs might have had it maybe if he had a couple more laps uh before the rain came but you know with the way the rain happened and you know the timing of it you know with the stage uh two ending um there was no no question that it was uh, probably going to happen and you know once it started pouring and they said they lost the track about maybe like 10 minutes uh into the uh uh rain delay um you know it was you knew it was probably coming pretty soon after that. And so, um, yeah, now, now Noah Gregson, I think, yeah, he, as most wins now tied with Ty Gibbs in the Xfinity series. Right. So, uh, I think, um, you know, he also could win Bristol too. He, uh, he's run pretty well there too. So, uh, kind of a swing from, you know, where he was earlier in the year to now to, you know, potentially, you know, having the most wins in the Xfinity series, kind of a, uh, you know, big swing there and everything. And you know, one, one other thing talking about his owner, Dale Jr. on the broadcast turned into the weatherman for a couple minutes there. So another, another talent Dale Jr. has, uh, be, being the, uh, the weatherman, uh, for the broadcast on, on, uh, NBC. Got that cold front coming in over there on hey, yep. across <laughs> turn two. And, uh, we're about, about five minutes away from there, guys. Uh, we got to go and make sure we get this race in there and enter the stage. But, uh, and uh, I don't know if we're going to go and pit there, Daryl Tart, but you know, I wouldn't pit because the rain's about to come. Oh, this is going to work out very well for me. The, my Boomhauer Dale Jr. impression is going to keep on coming in because I that would be the thing. Could I get to, could we get Dale Jr. to get on the podcast because you and Joe are, are fans of his and I like doing an impression of him. That would be the ultimate. If uh, I mean, like, do I sound like I, that? If I ever run into him on iRacing, maybe maybe it'll happen, but we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, you're not going to slide into the DMs. That's not the way to do it. Uh, I mean, uh, we shouldn't do it that way. No. We well, very... I mean, it depends. If it's the 87s, we got the, the paint scheme on there. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, that's something that we'll look into as uh, the season goes on. Oh, so Baltimore did win, but they lost a bunch of people. Um, they lost a couple people to yes yesterday for the season. So at least at least I'm okay for this week in my survival pool. Sorry. Um, I mean, uh, it's something to see uh, as the season goes on. I mean, Junior Motorsports is definitely it's essentially Junior Motorsports with the nine and the seven versus Ty Gibbs and the fifty four. 
and then you have colleague with AJ Allmendinger. That's essentially what we have. After that, you're just kind of hoping and wishing you're going to make something happen um, within this playoff. If you can get on a heater, it's a good time to do it. A good momentum boost could start this weekend at or this Friday night at Bristol. Truck Series uh, ended their first round of the playoffs at the Kansas Lottery 200. The race results uh, saw John Hunter Nemechek pass. Uh, he won both stages, made a last lap pass running into um, the back of uh, uh, Carson Hosovar going into turn one. Uh, led 88 laps, wins the race, uh, maximum, maximum points. Carson Osovar's Hail Mary attempt goes for not finishing second, in part because uh, Christian Eckes made up, I don't know how many positions late in the race. Uh, two or three points was the gap there. Ryan Priest, third uh, for the 17. They're involved in the owner's points battle. Zane Smith, fourth. Grand Enfinger, fifth, who was already locked in coming into this race, Chandler Smith, who was locked in coming into this race. Corey Heim with the 51. They're an owner's points team. And Ty Majeski, eighth. So top eight were all playoff-involved drivers. Colby Howard, the first non-playoff driver in ninth. Christian Eck is 10th. Parker Kligerman, uh, credit to him and the Food Country Henderson Racing team to finish 11th. I think you picked D Burrito, Josh, he finished 12th. Ben Rhodes finished 13th. Matt Crafton, which has been essentially his whole year uh, running about 10th to 8th to 15th, and he finishes 15th and gets knocked out. Duball uh, fades a bad night, finished 20th there. So, I mean, the the race was essentially John Hunter Nemechek, a little bit of time at Jeske, and then the Hail Mary attempt by Carson Osifar, Osifar, Josh, and um, the um, owner. Yeah, I'm going to go and look at the reset owner points because uh, right now the points heading into Kansas, or I mean heading into uh, Bristol this weekend, Zane Smith has a point lead of nine over Chandler Smith. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, 13 plus, he's 13 points out of him and 20 points out of Ben Rhodes. The cutoff is uh, Ben Rhodes over Stuart Friesen by four. Uh, Majeski is minus is 13 or minus nine off of the cutoff. And then minus 10 each for Grandin Finger and Christian Eckes. So, um, yeah, that's what we uh, saw. John Hunter dominated uh, Carson Ozovar and the, uh, what do you call, um, Nice team. Going for the Hail Mary, Phil Gould. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out for them, but it was a valiant effort by that team. Uh, they had opportunities earlier in the year, got screwed for wins. And here, they didn't get screwed for the win. It just really didn't work out for them because they didn't have the pace. But Carson Ozovar, I think, has some positive things coming his way here next year um, in regards to his his uh, career after great performances like this. Yeah, I think, you know, for Carson Josevar, you know, this was a Hail Mary attempt there, but, you know, ran out of gas, but uh, obviously not enough to make it into the next round uh, in the in the playoffs. But still, you know, he made a name for himself uh, in this series. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, without 
without you know all these uh, second place, top five finishes that he had, you know he wouldn't be in this position. So um, he's got a lot going for him. You know, I think probably just needs to be in a better ride. Uh, you know, ride with a little bit more pace. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. Um, especially you know, there are going to be guys in the truck series that move on up, and you know, there will also be rides in the Xfinity series uh, that may open up here. Um, in the you know next season and you know i'm sure there's owners around uh you know taking a chance or you know you know possibly taking a chance to to pick up this guy and put him in a better ride so you know we'll see if he can really uh shine his talent or you know show his talent there and shine whatever series is and wherever whether it's the the trucks or xfinity and everything and still think that maybe he's a couple years away you know not ready for cup at least so uh we'll see We'll see, uh, you know, if he's able to make it up to Cup, but you know, I think at the very least, probably a, you know, win or two, um, in in the trucks uh, is definitely possible. You know, if not this year, then probably next year he could probably have a few win, few wins under his belt there. So, you know, um, but a lot of encouraging moments for him throughout, uh, throughout throughout the year. So I think you know it's just a matter of time for him for him to win a race. But uh, you know, for the rest of the field. Uh, you know, John Hunter Nemechek getting back to his uh, winning ways like from last year. So, um, yeah, I think he's uh, going to be good, uh, you know, for this next round probably. I think you know, he has a chance to get to the, you know, final round at Phoenix and uh, win the championship this time. So, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, what happens if he if he's able to, uh, you know, get out, get out there and win the race, uh, you know, win the championship like he should have probably last year in the Xfinity or in, in the truck series. So, uh, you know, John, John Hunter definitely, uh, uh, was a, you know, dominant truck this weekend. So, and should be expected, you know, being in a Kyle Busch motorsports truck, which, you know, going back to the news that we've heard this weekend might, might be the last season that they're racing Toyotas. So you have to wonder what his future is going to look like, uh, past this season now that KBM or that KB is expected to go to, uh, RCR next season. Yeah. It's something to look at for sure. The truck series is going to look a lot different in a lot of ways. Uh, John Hunter probably doesn't have a ride based on how, uh, things are going with that. I think Chandler Smith's going to be okay though. Um, think the Smiths, there's going to be a couple of Smiths in the Xfinity series next year for, um, Joe Gibbs racing. And I also think Carson Ozevar is going to be in the Xfinity series next year, which means that a lot of the youth, uh, been talent in that sense. I think probably, I figure John Hunter might catch on with Sam Hunt and that organization or the 48, uh, big machine car looks to be a very viable ride for a lot of drivers a couple of drivers in the arca series i would think in particular i think nick sanchez might be one of those guys i mean we're getting into the weeds here but if nick sanchez doesn't get a call to the truck series i figure um that 48 car might be one Raja caruth is another one and then you have some of these guys in the chevys uh, other guys in chevys that may want to have an opportunity there in a fully funded ride so talent can actually get in that car um they have all the pieces there to actually happen it's an rcr car uh you don't think rcr probably ain't going to make changes on the xfinity side with their drivers i think their move is they're going to put austin hill in a third or if they could eventually get a charter um I think there might be some play in that with some of these teams not being able to perform no matter what they do with swapping charters. It's something that I don't know if Joe knows or 
I haven't been able to dig into it in regards to the viability of the three-year um, rule. The last three years of performance where they finish, and if you finish in the bottom three, three years in a row, um, how that works. I mean, the only reason I can kind of deduce that is from DBC and what they said in regards to probably one of the Rick Ware cars, one of the Spire cars, and what I would venture to say more than likely is... Um, either the 78 or uh which is one of the uh, lower charters i would assume as the uh, uh situation there um going into halftime denver just kicked a field goal i think it's 17 to 13 at halftime so a good game here to start uh week one seattle actually putting up a fight geno smith actually looking like an nfl quarterback uh, uh those are some pigs um yeah yeah well the fact is he was a diva anyway and seattle is a third rate they're third rate so go fuck yourselves get over yourself you've won one super bowl and you choked away one so cry about it um yeah strong so words we'll on pete carroll there <laughs> pete carroll's a piece of shit he can go <laughs> fucking 98 year old fucking he he they they, they took out all of his freaking national championships and those um heisman trophy at least one of them heisman trophies don't exist no more so what the fuck did he do in college everyone acts like oh he's this great college coach they went and took away all that and when your owner's cutting checks to the officials it also helps that way and that also helped when they played the Niners all those times. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't stand Pete Carroll. It's bad. Pete Carroll is such a disingenuous. Oh, there you go. Oh, I love Susie Colbert. There you go. She's looking good. She's 50-something <laughs> years old. Little MILF. Yeah, there you go. Elijah Mitchell sprayed MCL. Oh, lovely. Out maybe minimum six weeks, maybe season. Torn pack for TJ Watt. Six to eight weeks for Dak Prescott. Jesus Christ. This yeah. has been a bad week. If you're for your fantasy team, if you drafted drafted Dak Prescott, TJ Water, Elijah Mitchell, you're probably got oh man, they have Booger McFarlane on this. Jesus. If Susie Colbert wasn't there. Booger then... is better than a lot of these guys give him, you know, they give him credit for. I I actually like his commentary. Because <laughs> he can enunciate. He's better than I'm not no, I just Randy think he, Moss because he's like better than Randy Moss or like Michael Irvin. No, those people, yeah, none of that. I it's none of that. I just think that, um, you know, I think his opinions when it comes to the game, um, I think he's got a um, good understanding of it and he has a better, better way of describing it, uh, than some of these announcers. Um, not, not these talking heads, uh, commentators, but yeah. you know, the actual game announcers. I thought the actual game announcers, yeah. 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 I, I thought he I did can, a better job on Monday Night Football than you know because I think I think people didn't like him on Monday Night Football initially because he had the booger mobile or whatever it was called. Yeah, know. and that that probably doesn't help. Uh, I mean, didn't Detroit? Oh no, Detroit played. Okay, they're playing Washington. That's going to be a yeah. tight game for sure. Um, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean that's well. I mean, yeah, I guess I, that's one of the only times I guess we've deviated. I so. We'll give it, oh, there's a double header on Monday night next week. Why? There's gonna be a Monday there's gonna be a Monday game between Buffalo and Tennessee and then a Philly Minnesota Monday game, which will be probably on ESPN. Uh that's an interesting one. Uh picking the Cincinnati Bengals for my for my uh uh drive to survive for this week. Uh 
my picks. Yeah, I'm picking it because I'm looking at it right now. I'm picking Cincinnati. Why can't I pick it? What, it's locked? The hell kind of garbage is this? All right, whatever. All right, yeah, it. we got it. Cincinnati. Um, so going into the IndyCar season finale, uh, saw Alex Pillow get the victory in Laguna Seca and, um, and Will Power win the championship by 16 points over his teammate, Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Will Power had five poles, but he and only one win, but he won the championship. Joseph Newgarden had five wins and one pole, but inconsistency outside of that cost him and frustration for sure after the race, which um, was expressed uh, in the after losing the race by what is it about a second or so. And a session reports going box score. Let's go there. That's what we want. He lost the uh, champ. He lost the race by 30. Alex Pillow won by 30.38 seconds over Joseph Newgarden. Uh, Will Power was three and a half seconds behind his teammate there. Um, Newgarden coming from 25th to second is insane at Laguna Seca. I mean, Max Pappas did that before, aided by cautions, of course. Um, Felix Rosenquist, fourth. Christian Lundgaard, fifth. Winning rookie of the year. Um, only 12 cars on the lead lap. Scott Dixon being the last one. Hurdle finished uh, 11th. So, what is it? Lundgaard, McLaughlin, Grosjean, O'Ward, Erickson, Rossi, Herda, Dixon, all the lead lap cars. David Malukas, first car one lap down. Callum Eilat had a mechanical issue, um, went off the track. The only caution they had in the race because of that. So unfortunate end to what was a great qualifying uh, by Callum Eilat. He was up front and uh, led. Uh, but then after that, essentially on lap 16 was basically where the race turned. Uh, Alex Pillow. From there, led uh, most of the race. He led. Um, he didn't get the fastest lap. Had to award got the fastest lap, but um, that's pretty pretty darn good. Led sixty seven of the race's ninety five laps. Will Power led seventeen laps um, in between pit cycles, but essentially from lap twenty seven till the end uh, was Alex Pillow. Sands uh, five laps for Joseph Newgarden, uh, but. I mean, it, it you, Will Power was the most consistent guy this year, Josh. He is. He did something that he wasn't known for back in the day. Uh, he used to be that guy that would always go for wins and let, you know, the points take care of themselves. Well, it almost was a switch within his team. Newgarden has been that guy that's been that consistency guy who can win two or three races, get some poles, and do what he had to do. And that's why he's a two-time champion and fell 16 points short of a third. And Scott Dixon, who's a GOAT, is that kind of guy too. But Will Power had some sort of like 180 shift during the offseason and utilized that to go and um, get the get the championship. He only won one race this year, but at Detroit, but didn't really matter to him. He takes the win there and uh, takes the championship win. Uh, the basically the qualifying was what did the deal. Um, New Garden starting next to last. Uh, Dixon being buried. There was really no chance. Um, it would have needed a miracle. And it would need a miracle from one of them win to come from the back to win and willpower to fall out, which it's Penske. They're not going to fall out of races that way. And then Alex Pillow 
goes into this offseason, probably the most interesting offseason of his young life as a racer, uh, with a win, probably the best performance he's had in an Indy car. And there might be talks of reconciliation. There might be a chance that he's going to be back in the Chip Ganassi 10 car next year, which is interesting. Um, I guess that may come in part because McLaren has uh, essentially hitched their wagon to two very young drivers in Formula One. Uh, the One of their test drivers in Colton Herta might end up going to Formula One with the Red Bull development team. You have Pato Award that's there. You have Alexander Rossi who's moving to that organization. And oh yeah, Felix Rosenquist, ever since the Indianapolis 500 for the most part, um, has switched on and become the guy that multiple entities have thought he would become. And he's been running really, really well. And so McLaren's not really trying to lose him either, um, expanding to a three-car team, Josh. So he had another great uh, run this weekend. So uh, credit to uh, Power on a great season run um, moving into this offseason, a lot to look into. And then Alexander Pillow or Alex Pillow having to sweat where he's going to go right now. But maybe we kind of get it based on what uh, some of the things that have come out here post-race from uh, Zach Brown and his thoughts on uh, Felix Rosenquist. Yeah, I mean, with this race weekend, I mean, first of all, Will Power getting his 68th pole in IndyCar and, um, you know, breaking the record with Mario Andretti. So, you know, that was just the start of it. And then all he had to do from there was execute. And that's exactly what he did and finished third. And Joseph Newgarden, of course, had his issue in qualifying and spun spun out in the corkscrew and, and um, ended up being stuck in that pretty much killed his qualifying run and, you know, hurt his chances of, uh, you know, trying to go, uh, get a win. Um, you know, he was able to use strategy and, um, everything to get up there. And, you know, he made a bunch of passes in the corkscrew too. Of course, one pass against, uh, willpower in the corkscrew. And so you saw him driving aggressive, uh, throughout the race, but, you know, it just wasn't enough. Uh, and you know, the fact that teammate finishing third is, um, just uh, not in the cards for him to win the championship. But, you know, uh, overall, the very successful season for Joseph Newgarden. And, you know, I think if um, if if he had won at the second race at Iowa instead of spinning out and crashing uh, out of that race, I think, you know, maybe this championship would have been a little bit uh, different uh, than that race because, remember, that race was essentially a double points weekend with uh, the IndyCar uh doubleheader at that at that race at Iowa so um that you know basically killed his chances there or contribute to it at least and um you know if it weren't for that yeah I definitely think he'd be or at least have a better shot at winning the championship uh, and everything but you know willpower you know after many years you know we've you know seen him uh you know lose his composure you know earlier in his IndyCar career especially after uh, joining Team Penske, and um, after even after his uh, first championship, you know there was still um, you know the willpower that got emotional and um, lost his lost his cool and uh, you know lost his focus on the race. But you know this willpower, you know had had more of a Scott Dixon type of feel to uh, you know to uh, his uh, you know championship year and throughout the year. There are times where. You know, he was able to keep his cool um, and maintain maintain position and finish. And, you know, he finally got that second title. So, um, you know, maybe maybe buys him a little bit more time if he went how long, however long he wants to stay in the 12th car with Penske and be able to, 
uh, you know, stay there a little bit longer. You know, I know that Penske um, tends to revolve through their drivers throughout the years, uh, you know, depending on how their performance is. So, um, you know, now he's got two titles, so, and an Indianapolis 500. So, um, you know, a very, very successful career in any car racing for him. And, um, you know, same thing for Newgarden, but Newgarden's lacking a 500 right now. So, you know, we'll see. You know, see what happens uh, as we, you know, go in the future. How, uh, you know, Will Power, um, what he's able to do, whatever, however many years he has left in this series. But, um, you know, as for other drivers, like you mentioned, Polo, um, yeah, that may may be a situation with Polo where it's just uh, with Formula One, and uh, you know, the potential of going there, they may just have too many seats, uh, or you know, not enough seats for him, and so they have to give him back to. Uh, Chip Ganassi racing, and then also, you know, with you know, the lawsuit, we don't know how that's going to go. Uh, but you know, the uh, we'll see how how they decide that uh, civil case with uh, the contract dispute between Ganassi and uh, McLaren, and you know who has the rights to uh, Alex Plo after this year. But um, yeah, this is a you know a great. It was a great year in IndyCar for the most part. Um, you know, a lot of good action throughout the year, uh, no matter what the tracks. You know, continuing to prove why IndyCar racing is, I think the you know currently the best form of racing overall. You know, NASCAR has its moments, F1 has its moments, but you know I think IndyCar has a uh, a lot to uh, you know has a lot going for it as far as competitiveness and being able to you know provide good racing throughout you know throughout the entire season and you know have a lot of uh, variance throughout the field. So. Um, you know, looking forward next year, what, you know, what we see, uh, um, you know, as we get to the Indianapolis 500, as we get to St. Petersburg next year, you know, what the series is going to look like and, um, you know, who, who the, all the drivers are going to be and, um, you know, just the continued growth, I guess, um, from, uh, you know, some of the younger guys in the series and, you know, some of the seasoned veterans like, uh, New Garden, like Rossi, um, you know, even Scott Dixon, see what he, you know, came up short in this championship, uh, fight um, can he respond back and um, you know get this title after letting it basically get away from him after Indianapolis 500 so and that pit, pit road speeding penalty so you know we'll see uh, what happens uh, next year but you know overall is a you know fairly enjoyable season it's what the IndyCar series is all about it's something that um, we're we're gonna miss because the IndyCar series this whole year was very competitive I'm hoping that the schedule kind of balances out as we go along. I get they don't want to be against the NFL, and that's fine. Uh, but they should go and run in February, you know, when NASCAR runs, right when, you know, the NFL season ends, and then start their schedule, kind of spread races out every couple weeks from like the end of February on and maybe um, get to a calendar that eventually gets to maybe 20 races. Um, but of course the money has to be there for that to all take place. But um, credit to uh, Will Power there getting that result. Credit to um, Alex Pillow with that great uh, performance and victory, um, which is something that we have been missing this year um, compared to what he had done last year in his championship run with finishing second in Indianapolis 500. Of course, um, I think if Chip Ganassi was smart at this point, he doesn't take risks though. I'm going to talk about somebody here in just a moment that he probably could take a risk on. And it would be good. Um, he would sign below back 
Jimmy Johnson doesn't seem like he's committed to running a full year in IndyCar, um, even though he has Carvana with him. He doesn't really have IMSA prospects with the new GTP formula at the moment uh, because the Cadillac programs are committed to their two-car situation with, um, uh, what do you call, uh, uh, Action Express with the 31 car, and then um, um, Chip Ganassi with their two cars. So I don't think, so maybe he'll be able to run with Chip Ganassi, uh, but they those are full championship uh, uh, cars that they're running, and they have three cars there and are committed to making sure those cars are on the track. I don't know if there's extra spares to run a fourth car um, amongst either of those organizations. Uh, Action Express, I think, was a car team that was running that 48 car for Jimmy uh, this past year. Uh, Linus Lundquist won the Indy Lights Championship, but right now, as it stands, he doesn't have a ride um, based on the engines um, and the engine leases. Uh, Honda has their max. Uh, Jimmy Johnson decides he's not going to run a full season. That might change things up a little bit, give them an opportunity, give um, HMD the chance to keep one of their drivers and go and add to the current Dale Coyne Racing stable, uh, make a three-car team. That's something to look at. What Jimmy's decision is, along with the Alex Pillow uh, mediation, how that will all end up, that will also play into a part with Felix Rosenquist. Um, will um, Takuma Sato continue? He has an option, his option, well, there's an option for him to continue, but that option would be at Dale Coyne Racing. If that's not the case, that car opens up, Linus Lundquist probably gets into the 51 car, and they avoid the whole engine lease deal. Um, Ed Carpenter Racing, of course, is going to keep their two drivers. Um, that was one thing that we didn't know if Renus VK might move on. Uh, he will continue along with Connor Daly and um, Simona Di Silvestro. I would assume we'll hear something about that between her and the Pareto Autosport team and the fact that there's that third car which um, Ed Carpenter runs on the ovals. I think there will be a little connection there amongst those two organizations to share that um, entrance spot and run, maybe keep Simona out there, get her out there next year for a full season. Hopefully, um, that would be something to see. That would be great to see her out there. Junko Solander has a lot of players there. They got people from Indy Lights looking. You got the likes of Marcus Armstrong from Formula 2 looking at that. Uh, a lot of money, of course, in Formula 2 for guys that know that they're not going to get the Formula 1 for sure. Um, as it stands, uh, we're going to get into Formula 1 in just a moment and Formula 2, Formula 3 right after that. But there are guys that probably will be out from abroad that would be in play for that second Junko Solander spot. And then when you see what Cal Milot did um, on uh, Saturday in qualifying, almost beating Will Power to the pole, um, there's potential there in that organization. So a lot of uh, moving parts. Probably will get um, former guests on the show, Spencer Neft, uh, here later once we have a little slower week, um, possibly to talk a little IndyCar and kind of go over all the things in silly season. Italian Grand Prix uh, was, uh, you know, the usual. Max Verstappen gets the win. He gets the win by uh, 2.4 seconds over um, Charles Leclerc, 3.4 seconds on George Russell. Of course, I was under yellow, five point, just over five seconds on Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton. Sergio Perez finishes sixth. Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Nick DeVries, Zhou Guan Yu, 
round out the top 10. So no points for the William or the uh, Renault uh, Alpine team because um, Fred Alonso had an overeating issue and had to retire. And Esteban Ocon wasn't able to pass and get himself up there into the points. Mick Schumacher, last car of the lead lap in a weekend, which was a nightmare for the Haas um, F1 team. Uh, Ricardo, of course, fell out late, which was what essentially led to the end of the race. Lance Stroll had brake issues and had to retire. For an, um, uh, Sebastian Vettel had an engine issue 10 laps into the race. So his retirement tour... Um, going out in a whimper, in a sense, with uh, now his last European round uh, at a racetrack where he's had such great success, won his first career Grand Prix, only um, lasted 10 laps there. Uh, Six rounds to go in the Formula One World Championship. Uh, Next one will be a couple weeks from now, two, three weeks from now at uh, Singapore. Then they will run back-to-back with uh, the Japanese Grand Prix have a week off. They'll run two races in a row at Austin and Mexico City, a week off, and they'll run the last two races of the calendar in Sao Paulo and Abu Dhabi. But yeah, Max Verstappen dominated this race. He had a penalty. He had the uh, he had the uh, penalty to start the race, engine penalty, five-place grid penalty, but in the end, it didn't really matter. Um, because he came up from, uh, from seventh and, uh, won that race with relative ease. Um, I'm trying to find something that'll actually give me a breakdown, uh, of the race itself, but whatever. Can't get that. Um, yeah, he goes and wins and adds to his points lead. Of course, Josh, uh, probably going to win the world championship the next race in Singapore. Um, Charles Leclerc, basically has to and Carlos signs as well both of them have to think what might have been uh through this season through what Ferrari had which essentially is a second best car and at times has been the best car to not have anything to to be that far behind in both the drivers and constructors championship has to be quite disheartening uh for both of them and for the Ferrari organization as George Russell let's be fair is only 16 points behind Charles Leclerc right now in the in the drivers championship uh 7 points behind Sergio Perez so in and Lewis Hamilton's making up ground too so Mercedes is only uh what is it 29 and 35 points behind Ferrari in the constructors championship i mean the constructors championship essentially is done it's going to take a little longer but the drivers championship uh right now uh, Max Verstappen is six, 116 points ahead uh, for all those assholes that complained about how boring it was when Lewis was winning championships. He wasn't winning championships at the end of in the in early October when he won championships. Just to give you a little bit of insight for the the drive to survive people. But yeah, Max Verstappen won from seventh. It wasn't that hard for him. He has the best car, best team. He's the best driver at the moment. I think this is basically what we're going to see for the next uh, couple of years. Yeah, I think, you know, Max Verstappen uh, continuing to dominate in Formula One. Um, you know, he's been uh, dominating this year and you know, continue to expect him to uh with his level of performance, um, you know, again, continuing to dominate the series and, 
Um, it's, you know, looking more and more like his title now. Um, you know, he's not had a bad finish since the, not had a bad finish since the, uh, British Grand Prix. Uh, you know, he, um, ran, ran, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the standings on motorsport and, um, pretty sure, you know, that's the lowest finish he's had, uh, since, uh, you know, the British Grand Prix, or British Grand Prix is his lowest finish, but um, he's won the last. I don't think he's five. won every race since then, yeah. or he's finished. No, yeah. but he's won the last five races. Uh, so he's been dominant, you know, this season. And meanwhile, competition, Charles Leclerc continuing to fumble the strategy with Ferrari, or Ferrari fumbling the strategy there. Um, Sergio Perez being a good teammate for him. Um, it you know so we'll we'll see you know how this plays out but so far it's you know this looking more and more like Max Verstappen's title and um, I think for the rest of the field it's just a matter of uh, you know who you know who finishes where in in this uh, title fight um, but Verstappen leading the world championship title and then I'm um, you know I think more interested in seeing. Where Sergio Perez, if he can, you know, finish second next to his teammate, and then just have Red Bull sweep the top two spots uh, in, uh, you know, in in this uh, championship. But um, I mean, as far as this race goes, um, you know, it was fairly. I mean, it was fairly boring as a race. Um, didn't really catch too much of it until maybe about twenty five laps in was when I when I got to it. But you know, by then. Uh, Verstappen driving away from the field. You know there was a bit of time where uh, Leclerc uh, stayed out and led laps, but you know I think from you know the midpoint on it was basically Verstappen's race. Um, you know the only the only thing at the end, uh, you know that really made things interesting was uh, Daniel Ricciardo's uh, you know failure, uh, mechanical failure in parking it on the you know back stretch of uh, Monza there. So. Um, yeah, what a what a year for Daniel Ricciardo going from you know winning this race a year ago and then uh, you know a year later being out of a ride now and having to uh, be towed back to the you know pits back to the garage uh, for uh, you know this race. So um, that's that's how things can go in Formula One. It's a you know very very good example if you know you don't keep your results up and don't uh, you know continue to win, especially when you're the B driver of the team, you know, not the A guy like Lando Norris or like Lewis or like Max Verstappen or like Leclerc, you know, you're always, uh, can be expendable. And so far, you know, Daniel Ricciardo has proven that he's expendable, uh, as a driver and former in McLaren, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, it was the only interesting part of this race. And I think, you know, there's probably debates about whether, uh, he could have been a safety car, you know, where they should have restarted the race or not. Um, you know, and people, you know, going back to the precedent of how they did it for the Formula One championship race, uh, you know, a year ago in Abu Dhabi, could they have done it here? And, you know, they had precedent, but, um, I think, you know, probably just better to not restart the race, um, you know, potential for controversial finish or something like that. Uh, although I think Verstappen probably would have timed the restart good, like he did last, uh, you know, in last race and the Dutch Grand Prix. So, uh, you know, that I think for, for the integrity of the series, maybe it's a better decision there to, you know, have a, 
race under under caution rather than go back to you know green white checkered finish or something like that so um you know i think uh it it's going to be interesting you know with uh we have a situation like that again what do they decide to do if uh, they decide to uh end it under yellow or you know do they pull a book out of nascar's playbook and you know do another uh one lap or two lap shootout to end the race so um we'll see we'll see if um they decide to do it like that or they go back to how they ended abu dhabi but um it was it was interesting though with the uh daniel ricardo's uh, car being stuck there and how long it took for them to you know get it off the racetrack and and everything and i do from you know a formula one perspective i would have expected they got it out of there faster but i felt like that was a little bit slow maybe it was because he was in a more remote part of the track but um i think uh you know they could have definitely gotten his car off of the track faster and then it, you know maybe if they did get his race car off the track there then they would have thought about going green but um you know it was, you know, very, very interesting scenario there to end the race. And, you know, a lot of people wanted to go back green. And then there's other people that wanted to, uh, you know, go back, you know, stay yellow. So um, a lot of decisions that they could have made there. But, you know, I ultimately feel like they made the right one. So, you know, Michael Massey's not running things in the, uh, you know, the race control anymore. So, you know, maybe they made the right decision there. But, yeah, I mean this this race wasn't very much, you know, uh, you know, unless you're a Max Verstappen fan or, you know, you like to see Ferrari only come in second at their home racetrack uh, with the special paint scheme or livery that they had uh, for this race with uh, the yellow, uh, special yellow paint scheme and yellow uniforms that they had for Ferrari. Yeah, I mean the whole handling of that race right there. If they knew that they weren't going to be able to get the race back under green, which it doesn't seem like they thought that initially, uh, you stop it. But, you know, the precedent was set in Abu Dhabi with the nonsense they did there. They were trying to get a green-white checkered finish. Um, and they, but then in turn, they weren't able to. Uh, also, in the grand scheme of things, they could have, the only way that, Max Verstappen was going to lose that race as if Ferrari was given a V12 engine on top of their V6 engine and they were given new tires and maybe then they would have passed him. Like that, the, you'd have needed the ghost of Jean-Louis Schlesser. I mean, I know he's probably alive anyway, but still, uh, to for them to win that fucking race. So it's like, whatever, it's Formula 1. It's, it's all, it's becoming more WWE than it is about um, racing. Uh, same as NASCAR in that part. But in a few weeks' time, Max Verstappen is going to have a chance to win his first legitimate world championship. So um, credit to him on that uh, when that uh, eventually comes here in a couple, uh, couple two, three weeks' time. Uh, but, I mean, uh, Formula 1 this weekend, the way they're handling the whole qualifying with all these people with their, with their uh, what's it call, uh, uh, grid penalties and crap, it, it just looks like low rent the way they do things. But we'll see what happens. I uh, doubt that. We're going to see anyone other than Max Verstappen win the rest of the year. Uh, maybe Singapore, maybe Brazil. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there might be. Um, those are really the only other two races that I can see where there would be a deviation. Rest of the tracks are very high speed, um, medium to high speed corners. Uh, tracks that uh, have uh, the regular downforce package, which of course fits the Red Bull better than anybody else. But we'll talk about that. And when that comes, uh, Nick DeVries, Josh, I figure we should talk about that before we move forward. 
what a way to debut in Formula One. Former Formula E world champion for Mercedes EQ. Um, guy who's been in the Mercedes driver development program, of course, he's part of that. And uh, connected, uh, Lewis has been shown to give his um, uh, congratulations to Nick DeVries. And um, Total Wolf holds him very high. Um, if I'm Nicholas Latifi, I, I don't think I feel very good about my ride. If I, it, it wasn't just Logan Sargent existing and doing what he's been able to do in Formula 2 this year. If that didn't give him pause or Zach O'Sullivan in, in Formula 3, when Nick DeVries jumps into the car in, in P3, um, or in, yeah, in practice, free practice three, runs a few laps, out-qualifies you in qualifying, and would have out-qualified, could have out-qualified Max Verstappen, who's going to be the world champion, if he had actually gotten a clean lap in Q3. Um, I guess you're not going to have a ride anymore, buddy. Uh, you may want to start looking at IndyCar if you really want to have a career or Formula E or something like that, because uh, that that right there is how you go and ace a job interview, uh, what Nick DeVries did right there. Um, minus some of his takes on uh, on the likes of um, Colton Herta and, and worrying about the integrity of the driver development system, um, the feeder system. Nick DeVries looks like he belongs in Formula One, and I think he's going to be in Formula One next year, based on what Joe Scapito said uh, on uh, Sky F1, uh, amongst other things. Yeah, you know, I think for Nick DeVries, yeah, what a debut for him in Formula One. Um, then on the flip side, uh, unfortunately for Al- Alex Albon, you know, what an opportunity, I guess, uh, for uh, for Nick DeVries. Of course, uh, Albon has appendicitis, and then... Um, you know, I guess uh, apparently respiratory failure issues or something like that. So that's a, you know, unfortunate issue. And, you know, hopefully you can get back to the racetrack and heal up as soon as possible. So, um, you know, he can continue to uh, have his career. But, um, you know, Nick DeVry took advantage of that opportunity and, uh, you know, was able to uh, score points in this race. Uh you know, and he was able to get a ninth place finish in a in a Williams car, and you know we've seen eighth yeah, ninth place finish. So we've seen Williams do uh, you know really well with uh, Alex Albon this year at certain points with you know being able to do strategy like they did like in Australia. But um, yeah, what a what a drive at you know the Temple of Speed, uh, Monza of course uh, with you know Williams being one of the slower cars on the grid, um, you know slower maybe slower than Haas uh was a year ago but and they've you know consistently been one of the lower finishing teams uh so far uh you know this season but getting an eighth place or ninth place finish uh you know is great great for that team great for that driver so uh I think yeah he's definitely gonna have a seat in Formula One whether that's in um you know a Williams car or another car I think he's definitely gonna be there with uh, that kind of debut but um you know I think for you know Nick Latifi, and yeah, I'm not sure what his future is going to look like uh, next year. Um, and certainly, you know, he can probably f- use his experience in Formula One and leverage that uh, to another series. You know, IndyCar. You know, he could come to IndyCar and do okay. I mean, Matt or Max Chilton came from Formula One, uh, wasn't really that great in Formula One, and came to the United States in IndyCar and did did all right for a couple of years. So there's that possibility or um, go race sports cars like um, what's his name from uh, 
he used to be in Renault with uh, Ricardo. Uh, he's super tall. Julian uh, Palmer? No, not him. He he raced. Uh, he won twenty. Didn't he win Le Mans? Uh, oh, you mean Nico Hulkenberg? Nico Nico Hulkenberg, yeah. Well, Nico Hulkenberg yeah. is also in the news too, actually. Yeah, he is. But uh, I mean, maybe he can be like Nico Hulkenberg and go race sports cars. So um, yeah, maybe maybe that's in the cards. But um, yeah, I think a solid move for Williams next year would to have you know be have uh, Nick DeVry in one car and their other car with Alex Albon at least. So that would be a um, solid pairing there if uh, they decide to go uh, in that direction. But um, yeah, what a debut for Nick DeVry here in Formula One. Yeah, it's something we're going to see for sure. I mean, uh, Marcus Erickson made his predictions at the a couple of months ago, and it looks like the vast majority of them are going to come true. Uh, the only two that I can see um, not being the case based on his predictions from a few months ago or that second beat at uh, um, at Haas, which um, we're talking the aforementioned Nico Hulkenberg might be in play for. And then um, amongst other people, Giovinazzi, which he's garbage. And I was going to say Felipe Drogovic, but he just got signed by Stroll F1 for whatever reason. So um, I don't know why you do that. I would try to go and get a race seat before I would sign to be a development driver for Stroll F1 when he's not going to get rid of his son. And El Plan is the other driver who can't let it go because he's so jealous of Lewis Hamilton. Um, I mean, there's other people that are in play for that second off seat. Then when it comes to AlphaTauri, whether Gasly's leaving, whether Gasly's staying, whether you're going to have um, Colton Herta or not, that's a, that's a discussion. Then the Alpine second seat has been Gasly. Uh, people talk about Ricardo. I don't think Ricardo's in play. Um, the the new uh, rumor is Jack Doohan possibly getting that, depending on his points position finish here uh, in Formula Two, which is something we can discuss uh, since we're getting into uh, the GSP roundup. Formula Two at Monza this past weekend in race one saw Yuri Vips. Uh, the real genius um, win over Frederick Vesti. Jahan Daruvula, best finish he's had in a long time. He's looked lost for a bit. Um, big weekend for him. Logan Sargent, starter on the front row, bad start, but ended up finishing fourth. Richard Vashore finished uh, fifth in race two. Jahan Daruvula gets the feature race victory over Frederick Vesti. Uh, Owasa third, Enzo Fittipaldi fourth, and Dennis Hauger fifth. Felipe Drogovic fell out of race one because of Amory Cordial. Ironically, Amory Cordial finished behind Felipe Drogovic uh, in race two, seventh and eighth there. Uh, but uh, the closest title challenger for uh, Felipe Drogovic is um, Teo Pocher, and he was the last finisher on the racetrack on Saturday, finishing 17th. So no points for him. Uh, Teo Pocher in the second in the feature race didn't even finish he was involved in a first lap incident um along with uh logan Sargent, luca Giotto, 
and Ralph Beauchamp, because Ali Caldwell and Tatiana Calderon wrecked in the first chicane. So that was uh, the races. There will be one race to go, as I mentioned, Abu Dhabi, prior to Thanksgiving, uh, final race weekend of the year. Uh, the standings going into that, the uh, Felipe Drogovic as the champion. He has scored points in every round, every round this year in some way, shape, or form. Even when he's not had good days, he's still scored points. Teo Pocher, a brutal weekend. The last three rounds of six races, he scored a total of four points. Um, he is now 30 points ahead of Logan Sargent, but more than likely Teo Pocher is going to have the points to have a super license, which will help him probably be the test driver next year for um, Alpine, which I think he's part of the Alpine Academy, or he's probably Ferrari. I don't know if that, if they were smart, they'd go and sign Teo Pocher to Alpine. I'm not sure. No, all the logistics with that. Uh, Logan Sargent is only a point ahead of Enzo Fittipaldi for that guaranteed third spot. And the, um, super license points that would come a super license. I would come with that. Uh, Owasa's in fifth, six points behind Jack doing seven points behind Daruvla eight, Liam Lawson, 11. And then those are, that's really, and then you have what the uh, 16 points to Vesti. Um, that's really the battle there. So from those, Three, four, five, six, seven drivers. Last round of the championship is going to be huge. Yuri Vips uh, getting that first uh, the, the uh, sprint race victory there, keeping himself kind of in the mix, 26 points out of third. But Teo Pocher essentially has gotten uh, second place locked up, but the real battle is for third and to get the super license points or get the super license um, and the possibilities that that might um, open up for them in uh, Formula One. Uh, Formula Three, I don't know what the heck that was. Um, uh, It's not what um, copy in Formula Three was. uh, We had issues in race one for um, Kalen Frederick, one of the American drivers, but then that's kind of thing. Hunter Yaney is the other one. Uh, Brad Benavides uh, running how he does. Juan Manuel Correa uh, had uh, no points there, but Franco Colapinto gets the victory over Oliver Bierman. Kyle Collette, Zane Maloney, Johnny Edgars, Jack Crawford gets seventh. In race two, Zane Maloney gets another victory. In the feature race, Oliver Bierman, Jack Crawford, Victor Martens uh, gets fourth place, Artur Leclerc fifth, and it matters for Victor Martens since he finishes five points ahead of St. Maloney, six ahead of Bierman to become the Formula 3 world champion of Victor Martens. I would venture to say those three drivers will all be in Formula 2 next year uh, in some way, shape, or form because... They've all done pretty well for themselves. Um, Isaac Hadjar, I would think, as well. Roman Stanek, and those, I mean, to a point, maybe Roman Stanek, but uh, maybe Isaac Hadjar. Those four drivers, I think, would have a chance to move to Formula 2 next year, and all those drivers have a lot of talent. Um, Jack Crawford finishes seventh. A good year to move up, move himself up in the ladder, hopefully, and maybe have a chance to possibly contend within the Red Bull organization. Uh, Juan Manuel Correa finishes 13th in points. Uh, Kushmaidi 
finished his 15 in points. He hasn't scored since, um, what is that, in Hungary. So it's, uh, he's only scored at three rounds this year, which is pretty bad. Uh, Kalen Frederick hasn't scored points since uh, Austria. Benavides only scored once. Uh, but he'll have the money. Sebastian Montoya might be somebody we have to look at next year in Formula Three if they get if they cut a check if he's able to get a ride. Um, Hunter Yaney, no points scored. A bunch of guys that didn't score any points in Formula Three. We'll see uh, what happens with that. I guess as the end of this year comes along and early into 2023, we'll kind of see where those rides go um, and who they go to. WEC at Fuji Speedway uh, saw the um, saw the Toyota team uh, win at the number eight of Buemi, Hartley, and Hirakawa by just over a minute on Conway, Kobayashi, and Lopez. They beat the Alpine in 36 of Negral, Lapierre, and Vaxvier by two laps. The Peugeot had uh, oil leak issues paul deresta michael jensen john eric Vern, which uh cost them uh, opportunity there sean galeo robin franz dries ventor wins in lmp2 over Gun- roberto gonzalez antonio felix da costa will stevens um the latter two of course formula e drivers da costa former formula e champion rasmussen ed jones jonathan aberdeen round out the podium in lmp2 and i'm going to scroll through here Josh Pearson in the 23 car for United Autosport finished ninth overall and what is it fifth in class Willow in seventh in class and the other United Autosport car and um, the GT Pro saw the Ferraris uh, Ferrari uh, team the 51 Pair Guidi and Collado over their teammate Miguel Molina and uh, Antonio Fuco win over the Porsche of Michael Christensen and Kevin Estra. And um, fourth was the 91 Porsche, Bruni and Leitz. The Corvette ended up being two laps behind in uh, GT Pro, Tommy Milner, Nick Tandy. The other Peugeot kind of split up the GT Pro category. Ben Keating trying to win a WEC championship. Uh, Henrique Chavez Jr., Marco Sorensen in the Aston Martin gets the victory over the um, Ferrari team, the Iron Dames team of Rahel Frey, Michelle Gat- Gatting, and Sarah Bovi, which has won, uh, had won at Monza the last race. They qualified on pole, so um, great uh, performance there. And then uh, Aston Martin, the triple seven Aston Martin and GTM finishing third in that deal. There's one race to go, uh, which will be Bahrain in November. So it'll be a while before we get to that. Only one car that didn't finish the race, the Christian Reed, Sebastian Prio, Harry Tinknell, Porsche uh, retired from the event. Every other car uh, finished the race of the 36 cars, 35 finished at Fuji Speedway this uh, past weekend. In regards to, they didn't, it doesn't look like they up, they have not updated the points on here for, they have not updated points on uh, motorsport.com. So that's a demerit on their part. They update that for other series. Uh, Manny Core World Superbikes, as I mentioned earlier, um, their controversy between two of the title 
rivals, Jonathan Ray, the six-time World Superbike champion, and uh, uh, what do you call um, Alvaro Bautista, former world champion in uh, Moto2 or 250s and 125s. You know, he was calling for a black flag uh, on Jonathan Ray for his um, actions, but that didn't come. Then race one, Top- or race one, Bautista won over Scott Redding and Axel Bassani. Alex Lowe's and Garrett Gerloff gets his best finish of 2022. And um, going through all the rest, Gatlioku finished 11th. And then um, Johnny Ray fell out after a lap. So that was a big gain, but that gain uh, went away soon after. Uh, Raskatlioku wins over Alvaro Bautista and Johnny Ray in the Super Pole race. Lowe's Redding running out the top five. Garrett Gerloff finishing eighth. And then in the Super Pole, I'm just curious. Yeah, Garrett Gerloff had the fastest, that 10th fastest lap. In race two, Raskatlioku Wins over Michael Rubin, Rinaldi, Axel Bassani having a good weekend. Alex Lowe's Johnny Ray finishing fifth, Redding sixth, Gerloff eighth. So the best weekend that Garrett Gerloff's had all year. Um, Loris Bazzi, Krilakawona getting uh, another top 10 finish for the Honda program. And the uh, standings heading into Barcelona, which will be uh, next, this, not this coming week, in two weeks' time. Uh, they'll be going to Barcelona. 20 points. The gap between uh, Alvaro Bautista, or 30 points between Alvaro Bautista and Toprak Toprak Raskadlioku, who at one point earlier this year looked like he was out of the championship. Now he's right back into it. Uh, Johnny Ray trying to retake his world championship, 47 points behind in third. They're the guys, that's it. Uh, Ruben Rinaldi and Locatelli are battling uh, for fourth. They're only a point behind each other, Bassani, Redding, Lowe's, Ikerlakwona are all um, separated by 11 points. Garrett Gerloff, after his best weekend, as I said, of the season, uh, is now only six points behind Javi Vieje for 10th in the championship. Uh, he's a, He just passed, he passed Lowe's Baz in the process as well. So hopefully with now... Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen total races. Uh, five rounds to go. Gerloff can pick up some momentum. Ekerlak Wona isn't really scoring a lot of points. The Honda program is a little step behind. That Orshin and Sharp, yeah, seventeen, thirteen, Seattle right now. Um, so we'll see where the World Superbikes come. We'll talk about that next week for their next round at uh, in Catalonia, more than likely, or Barcelona, Catalonia. And then um, the V8 Supercars, a lot of news coming out of there. But when it comes to the standings, I mean, it's all SVG. I mean, race one was an SVG. He finished fifth. Will Davison won over Andre Heimgartner and Cam Waters. Chaz Mostert, SVG, Anton V. Pasquale, Brock Feeney, uh, Percat Reynolds, Pie, your top 10. Race 2, SVG getting a home win over Chaz Mostert, Cam Waters, Will Davison, Scott Pye. Now Feeney was 8th, and that was that there. Race 3, SVG gets another one over Waters, Heimgartner, Feeney, Anton D. Pasquale. Mostert, Pie, Reynolds, Percat, and Slade. Two rounds to go. The next round will be next month, of course, is the big one. Uh, the Bathurst 1000. Um, 
then they have Surfers Paradise uh, to to end their season. There's going to be a little bit of a, a schedule kind of shift next year with the Supercars Championship in the COVID getting out of like theoretically in and out of COVID time trying to see where their championship will take them. Sandown is going to get back into their spot right before Bathurst and become the Sandown 500 uh, and become an endurance race again uh, as one for having co-drivers. So we'll see what happens with that. Schedule changes there. Uh, 320 points, I think, is the number there, I believe. I have to go and do my math here live on air. 320 points. Yes, is Van Gisbergen's lead over Will Davison, even after winning that uh, first race had struggles in the second and third races. SVG's lead over Cameron Waters, who's now in now in third, is 355. He has 360 point lead on Anton Di Pasquale. I mean, it's really it's going to take a miracle uh, for there's only four. What is it? Four, three or four rounds to go, or, or three or four races to go total in the season. The, the, I think there's like double or triple points at, at uh, Bathurst. He could actually win the championship at Bathurst if SVG repeats his victory there um, in the great race. NHRA will start their playoff uh, at the U, at the in um, Maple Grove this coming weekend. And um, that's a one where they've reset the points and we'll see where people are at. I mean, the Capco team, Eve Torrance coming off multiple championships in a row. Uh, they won a few weeks ago. They also won uh, the uh, Pep Boy shootout call out. So they're, they, they're in a good position. Brittany Force has been one of the best cars all season. They have a 20 point lead on Mike Salinas, 30 on Justin Ashley. 40 on the aforementioned Torrance and 50 on Josh Hart. Only 10 drivers made, and I don't know why, yeah, so actually 12 drivers made it into the um, countdown. Uh, the Aust- Clay Milk and Austin Proc are in there as well. So Antron Brown, Lee Approach, Sean Langdon, Doug Coletta, Tony Schumacher, Clay Milk and Austin Proc. Clay Milk and now, of course, involved with um, Rick Ware racing in the to own that dragster, which will make things interesting. Twelve drivers, 120 points. Uh, when you go and look at how many points you can gain in around, I think 80 points or thereabouts uh, in one race. But then that doesn't take into account. That's just on race day. It doesn't take into account playoff points or on qualifying points and all that. So we will see how qualifying goes this weekend at Maple Grove. Records are possible if the temperatures stay cool. It's one of the best racetracks to go and set records. So something we could possibly see there. Brittany Force has set the fastest ever run at a thousand feet there in um uh, that's not what i wanted to do um in funny car going into this weekend's race robert height has a 20 point lead on the u.s nationals champion ron caps looking for a second or third championship i think is what it would be for him because ron caps is um one yeah he won bio that's 2020 yeah he can got a second world championship there you go yeah so his b he went from having no championships a few years ago 
to now he is a uh, 2017 second in defense. Yeah, 2016 and 2021. So now uh, Ron Caps going for that third championship after getting over the hurdle, which was the U.S. Nationals. So now he's free. He's his own team owner. 20 points back. Matt Hagen driving for Tony Stewart. 30 points back. Bob Tasca fourth. John Force going for number 17. 50 points out. J.R. Todd, Alexis DeJoria, Cruz Pentagon, Tim Wilkerson, Blake Alexander, and Jim Campbell, your 11 drivers that are in the countdown going into this weekend's race at Maple Grove. 15 drivers are eligible in pro stock, but really it's about Eric Andrews, Aaron Stanfield, Greg Koretz, or Greg Anderson, and then Kyle Koretsky, who's one of the owners of Maple Grove Raceway with his dad and family, Dallas Glenn, and Troy Coughlin Jr. The battle between the Elite Motorsports team and uh, the KB Racing organization. Look out for Camry Caruso. She's essentially one of the only people. Um, Hartford has connections along with the whole Quadra family, Kramer and Botner. I mean, Botner is KB. Kramer, I think, is elite. Um, Hartford, I think, is KB or might be Warren Johnson. But, uh, so the McGahays are doing their own program, but Camry Caruso is the only one that isn't connected to any of these teams. So look out for her uh, trying to see what she can do, stay in the top 10 in points. In her first full year on the circuit, uh, Pro Stock Motorcycle, only the top 10 uh, make it in. Uh, I guess the rest of them guys didn't really run every race. So Matt Smith has a 20-point lead on Joey Gladstone, 30-point lead on Steve Johnson. And Matt Smith swapping between his Buell and his Suzuki. Um, otherwise, after that, you have a bunch of Suzuki's, Gladstone Johnson's, Angel Sampe, Eddie Kraywick, Karen Stouffer, um, and also Matt Smith coming off of another U.S. Nationals win. Angie Smith still riding the Buell. Savon, a Suzuki, Ingwersen on uh, Buell, and then uh, Ryan Ayler. I'm really sure what Ryan Ayler's earning, but he's in the playoff. He got in, so see what happens there. Uh, it's going to be a tight battle. I think those Vance and Hines bikes, are going to be tough. You can't count out Jerry Savoie or his teammate, Karen Stouffer. Steve Johnson wants that championship. Uh, and you have Joey Gladstone riding for Corey Reed uh, on the Suzuki. But Matt Smith's Matt Smith. He's one of the best ever. His dad, he keeps on holding on for dear life, um, trying to go and run, run until he's about 900 years old. He's still in the point standings. Uh, like 80 points out behind Chris Thorne in the Pro Mods. So got to give him credit on that. Uh, yeah, Bill Skillman's in there with Factory Stock. Aaron Stanfield's third. Mark Powick, the uh, blast to the past in the Pro Stock category, running the Summit Racing uh, Summit Racing car back in the day. And then we'll uh, finish up the roundup with MotoGP and Moto2. Uh, the standings. Heading into this weekend's uh, race at um, standings, heading into this weekend's race at uh, in Spain, uh, see uh, Fabio Quattararo up by 30 points on Peco Bagnaia. Peco Bagnaia running on a heater here recently, winning four consecutive races, and the every time he stayed on the bike in the last. In nine races, and in that last nine races, he stayed up on the bike 
six times. Every single time he stayed up on the bike, he has won. So he has made it interesting. Peko Bagnaya in two of the instances where, uh, or I mean Quattararo in two of the instances that Bagnaya fell off, he won, uh, finished fourth at in France at another uh, race where um, Quattararo, or I mean, or Bagnaya, I, mean, I don't know why I'm mixing up the names that bad, but... Um, Quattararo finished fourth over Bagnaya, who didn't score any points. That was a win for Anea Bastaini. And then in, uh, I assume that's Austria, there was where Quattararo did not get the, or not, um, or Dutch Grand Prix. Yeah, that, there you go. Yeah, it was Hassan um, Bagnaya wins. And um, that was where his run started there. Teams Championship Ducati as. Uh, 25-point lead on Aprilia. In Constructors, Ducati, they have strength in numbers. There's just no way. Um, Yamaha is uh, 110 points back, and Aprilia is 120 points back, so Ducati's going to win that. In uh, Moto2, just going back to the last race, uh, the last race was at uh, Misano, saw Alonso Lopez went over Aaron Canet and Augusto Fernandez, who got a podium and also was going to be going to MotoGP. Albert Rinas Ayagura uh, round out the top five. Joe Roberts finished ninth. Cameron Bobier got points in 14th, so credit to him on that. Sean Dillon Kelly actually was close, and he had an accident with seven laps to go. I'm pretty sure he was up there. Celestino Vietti had to retire from the race. Uh, running up in the points as well. Big guy there. Uh, yeah, Navarro, Della Porta, et cetera, et cetera. The standings going into this weekend's race, Augusto Fernandez is four points ahead of Ayagura. So that's the championship battle right now. Celestino Vietti falling out, even though early in the year he had, what is it, three wins and two second-place finishes with two non-point scores since his win. Oh, what is it? I don't know how many rounds ago. I'm trying to go and scroll through here. It's He's had uh, he had that win in Spain and Germany. Since then, he's had a fourth, a sixth, and two non-point scores. You have one, three, four, five, six, seven races to go. Salcino Vietti still has a chance to maybe sneak through. Um, he's going to need some help, though. Uh, those are really Aaron Canet, Salcino Vietti are the four riders that are still really in contention. Jake or Joe Roberts is only two points out of fifth in the championship. Uh, no MotoGP opportunities this for 23, but with a good run to finish out this year and maybe get some energy there, he could possibly um posting uh an opportunity to get himself into MotoGP in 2024. Cameron Bobier uh, is only 2 points behind Jeremy Alcoba. Uh, he's 6 points behind Sam Lowe's who's finishing top 3 in the Formula 2 champion or War or Moto 2 championship. If he can go and put some good rounds together here to end the season, uh, I don't think top 10 is possible, but he can get himself in the top 15 for sure, uh, solidly. He's only 21 points out of 13th. So that is that for the uh, GSP roundup. Josh, I'll throw to you. You've had a little while to wait. Um, you can go and uh, talk about your Jacksonville Jaguars 
Um, and also fantasy. I've been trying to make some moves on my end in fantasy since my teams are going to go 0-3 uh, as it stands in fantasy. And then my actual team also lost too. So yeah. how are you guys? I mean, for, for me, you know, the Jaguars, of course, uh, lost on Sunday to the uh, Washington Commanders. They lost 22-28. to 28. Uh, They started out the game. Got a field goal first quarter, and then uh, Commanders got two touchdowns to go up fourteen to three. Uh, and then Jaguars came back later on the game and eventually made it twenty-two to fourteen. But then the Broncos, or the, not the Broncos, I'm watching the Broncos right now. But the uh, Commanders got uh, fourteen points uh, unanswered. So you know this was a this was a tough game. You know uh, to, uh, on both sides, uh, the Jaguars had issues protecting the ball um, or well, protecting Trevor Lawrence. Um, they had issues uh, on defense, you know, in getting pressure and in coverage uh, for some parts of it. Although later in the second half, they played better defensively, but uh, first half uh, was too much uh, for, um, you know, the amount of money that they put into this team. Um, this, uh, this game, you know, was um, a lot. You know, on the lot for the uh, um, Washington Commanders to win new quarterback uh, for them, Carson Wentz. Uh, but you know, the Jaguars they they failed. Uh, you know, to win the game, uh, which is all that you know. At the end of the day, is all that matters. But you know, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I mean, he looked okay, but you know, he could, probably could have played better. So we'll see. You know, throughout the season, if he can improve, but. Um, you know, some people maybe maybe it's time to uh, go back on the uh, generational talent. Uh, generational talent. Uh, you know, this is a can't can't miss prospect. I, mean, I think he'd be great, can be very good, but maybe he's not like ultra elite like Peyton Manning or anything like that or Tom Brady. Maybe people had too much or too high of expectations. Maybe, but that you know becomes that comes with the first overall pick. Um, being the first silver pick last year. So for, you know, Trevor, uh, got to be better in the pocket, have better pocket presence. And, you know, he's got to process, uh, the game a little bit better. I thought he did a better job of that last year, but you know, last year was last year and now it's this year and you got to see those improvements and some of those improvements, uh, still waiting on it, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what Trevor does throughout the year. Um, I think, um, I don't think it's time to panic. You know, some people are already panicking, saying he's not the guy, but it's only the first game of the year. Um, but, you know, um, comparison, Josh Allen, first two years weren't great. Then year three, um, all of a sudden, you know, he's the one of the guys. And this year, or, you know, last year and this year, he seems like he's the guy now. So it's plenty of time, but uh, still got a long ways to go. He's not, you know, not expected to be a pro bowler right now, but... You know, we'll see what happens. Um, and definitely got to have a lot more touch on the ball. You know, the first first quarter, first drive, missed a wheel route to Travis Etienne in the end zone, overthrew him. So he's got to, you know, work on the touch. Um, you know, the uh, missing some guys, but you know, I I think um, he played okay overall. James Robinson um, came back great. They should have ran the ball more. I mean, running the ball is always good. Um, you know, it goes back to 2017 when they had Blake Bortles and Doug Marone. Uh, Doug Marone said he would run run the ball every play he, if he could, and I agree with that statement. Um, I would rather rather watch you know 
three yards in a cloud of dust on every single play and just grind it out throughout the and you know burn as much clock as possible um and you know just take the soul away from the other team uh's defense and just you know continue to dominate them and then instead of getting a touchdown you kick a field goal and then defensively you stop them or get negative yardage and then get the ball back and then you know score as efficiently as possible but you know burn as much time on the clock um so uh, that that's my philosophy when I play Madden, try to run the ball as much as possible. And I think they should do that uh, more often because they had six and a half yards per carry for average for um, uh, James Robinson. And then Travis Etienne also ran the ball pretty well. And he was very effective when he has the ball in his hands. So they should lean on the running backs a lot more um, and feature them um, definitely a lot more than what they did on Sunday. Although maybe the balance got a hand because they, uh, balance you know the you know the team team got behind early so you know when you're down 14 to 3 um you have to start passing more to get back in control of the game which um they did later on but then defensively they couldn't hold it up at the end but it's week one we'll see what happens they played the indianapolis colts uh this sunday um we'll see if they can get their seventh win at home against the Colts. Uh, it's become a meme at this point that Frank White, uh, Reich uh, can't win in Jacksonville. We'll see if that continues to be the case. Um, you know, there's something about Jacksonville where the Colts can't overcome it for whatever reason. So, um, well, we'll see. We'll see if they can uh, win. Jaguars can win their home game debut for 2022. And um, we'll see if they can improve upon their defeat from this week. Uh, so, um, still, still think you know, they can get a good number of wins. And, um, I actually, I actually did place a bet on the Jaguars yesterday for the game. Um, I only placed $10 and, um, in all honesty, it wasn't a very good bet because, um, you know, you, I was only going to get back $3. Um, but you know, I was like, yeah, I can place, place a $10 here. That's not really much. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but just as a kind of a test, I've never actually made any bets before. So, um, you know, I'm not going to go like throw a hundred dollars or whatever, um, you know, like that, you know, play small and, um, you know, uh, have small consistent returns, I guess is what I'm looking for when it comes to any kind of betting. Um, but, uh, that's, uh, that's how it was yesterday. Fantasy wise. Um, you know, I had, had a, you know, diverse, uh, roster that, uh, turned out well, got, got good, um, playing time out of all my players and uh you know scored pretty close to what i was projected to to score and then on the other side you know vic put all his eggs in the basket on cowboys buccaneers and paid paid for it uh especially dak prescott you know not playing well tom brady didn't play well either um you know leonard Fournette was the only guy that i think he had who really really played well um there but you know that's why that's maybe a good example of why you don't you know, place all your players into one game like that. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that looks like when it comes down to the playoffs, you know, when we get to seeding and who's, you know, home home advantage or, uh, you know, number one overall or whatever, um, you know, on that. But I guess when you have a roster like that, you're probably, I'm expecting Vic is going to make like a billion trades uh, this this season like he did last year. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe well, we need to. He's already. Yeah. He's already rejected at least multiple trades. We were doing trades during oh. this episode, oh and my he God. rejected multiple <laughs> wow. um, trade 
options that I sent him because he wasn't trying to, um, I guess he wasn't that interested in Trevor Lawrence. So, um. yeah, well, I mean, yeah, he's, he's getting rejected early. So, um, I mean, that's entertaining and we'll see what kind of trades come about, how many notifications I'm going to get from his team saying that he wants to propose a trade, um, and trade three, three players for my three players or whatever. So, Looking forward to hitting the reject button on that, unless I really need somebody. So we'll see. But solid week of fantasy. Um, I actually, this is my only fantasy team. I, I had talked about another fantasy team, but um, I guess I missed the signups or whatever for that. So that's okay. Uh, I feel like I'd rather just manage one team that I, I'm paying money for. So, you know, we'll just be the team I'm, you know, play fantasy for. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes throughout the year. But, um, so far looking solid, but you know, we'll see what next, next week brings. And, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully we don't have any injuries and, you know, all my players are productive. Yeah. I mean, I figure there's always, there'll be like whatever weekly or, um, I mean, there's probably options elsewhere, but I have three teams and as it stands, I'm taking three L's and in one league, uh, I'm going to be the next to last in, re- in regards to scoring. Uh, that league, I'm looking for a backup option because I had <clears throat> I had Dak Prescott, right? But I my the the reality is my actual backup is uh, ayahuasca, so I at least know that he'll be able to do something. I'm debating who I should pick up uh, behind him, or I might just leave it alone for a while and just fade it because the fact is um, I don't theoretically have to worry about it. Um, cause Aaron has late by, but our, my team behind him was pretty God awful. Uh, T Higgins and do shit and got hurt. Uh, concussion. So lovely. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. David Montgomery did nothing, which of course, um, I knew was going to happen. Damian Pierce didn't do anything. DeAndre Swift and Cooper cup did all right. Dallas Goddard did meh in a game where it was a 38-35 game for Philadelphia, which makes no sense. Uh, that's that's just disappointing. Um, hoping for better there. Uh, I'm going to probably have to play Hollywood Brown, which is not great against Las Vegas. And then David Montgomery, who that, that shitty-ass offense against Green Bay, it's asking a lot. Um, it's going to be a long year with this team for sure, uh, as it stands, but at least I have a roster spot open. Um, I have zero, one of your, yeah, everyone. Yeah. So yeah. And that in regards to my main team up for Adams, as I sim for K Adams, um, we scored. Okay. Nothing great. I left, I left Michael Thomas on the bench, which I won't do probably for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, I said that. I guess I was mixing up my teams. I mean, Javante Williams as a flex on Monday Night Football against Seattle, you would have hoped would be able to do more. But um, in the grand scheme of things, two minutes ago, uh, he's had 18.8 points. He's been able to do stuff on both receiving the ball and running the ball. Um, My running backs don't look horrible. My wide receivers Top three wide receivers don't look horrible. Just ran into a bad matchup this week with um, Professor J, who had who had freaking forty five points from his guy, who's 
to likely MVP and Josh Allen, uh, nearly 20 points from Gabe Davis, Buffalo. So uh, two Buffalo guys and then 32 points from Devontae Adams, who had 10 for 141 and a touchdown in a loss, no less. Um, and then Matt Ryan scored 26.8 points because they went to overtime, which helped. Uh, I lost I lost four points. There are nearly four points there uh, in the flex, uh, super flex position. My IDPs basically balanced out. Uh, my tight end, I got no points from Cole Komet because Cole Komet sucks. But he had Dawson Knox, who also sucks and just got broke off for $53 million, which must be nice. Um, really, the difference was Josh Allen. Once once we once we really get into it, it's Josh Allen and Devontae Adams is the reason why I lost this week uh, in fantasy. I don't have a bad total, but I'm going to be on the bottom five as it stands because there's one, two, or no, actually, yeah, I'm limited to one, two, three, four. I'm going to fall short to Wilson there, so it'll be one, two, three, four, five, six. I'll end up being six, uh, so I'll take double L. Uh, Kyler's, or so Joe's going to get two L's. Uh, Josh had a low score but gets a win, so it'll be one and one, so not so bad for him. Um, because he ran into the right matchup in Vic, who um, shit the bed. So we'll we'll keep you posted in regards to fantasy football uh, as we go along through this season uh, and what happens with that uh, for sure. Uh, but before, and I mean, for the Niners, unfortunately, brutal matchup, and not because it was a tough team. It was it was a worst of the worst scenario. Bad weather a bad game plan, undisciplined play um, in multiple areas, missed opportunities, and um, you lose a game you probably should have won. Got shitty third-rate people that I'd never heard of for the Bears talking shit about uh, Trey Lance like he's a bum. He ain't a bum, but he's a rookie, essentially. So it is what it is. I'm disappointed. I was hoping for a win there. I think there's a lot of decisions they made across the board that could have helped uh, allowed a possible victory there. But, you know, when you're making mistakes and putting yourself in the line of fire to possibly get called for bullshit penalties, you're you're asking for trouble. You need to go out there and play to win. You need to execute. Trey took it on the chin. He took responsibility for it, showing that he is a leader. And um, what the, yeah, Russell Wilson ran for that one. Um, But, you know, it's something that uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Seattle is putting up a fight here on Monday Night Football. They're going to be kicking. Yeah, it's a third down. Yeah, so. Yeah, third and long. So uh, trying to win this football game in Seattle. Um, But it's something you have to fight. You have to be willing to fight. And the Niners, I think, didn't have the fight. Uh, yesterday to win that football game unfortunately and it's probably why they lost you you can't give an opportunity to a team that has no offense when Cole Komet got zero points yesterday uh, it tells you that they don't have an offense their running game was barely existent Nick Bosa left uh, very displeased 
I'm sure he could have went and done an insurrection on freaking Justin Fields, and maybe that would have helped uh, not have him score two touchdowns, but it is what it is on that. Um, it's fine. You need to have those character-building losses, and um, hopefully there will be character. Peyton's trying to call timeout. He's, Peyton is literally hand-gesturing for timeout. They're not calling a timeout on fourth down. They finally called a timeout, and they wasted a ton of time. Nate oh Hackett can't hack it. Well, now Russ. Least, yeah, okay. At least yeah. he's just like his dad. At least he's just like his dad. Um, his dad was good for that sort of shit too. Back I when mean, he was the Jets' offensive coordinator. So yeah, I mean, you had that too when he was the Jacksonville. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was just a bunch of deep, deep fades and deep crossers and play action and everything. Ugh. Which I haven't watched this game enough to see uh, what kind of what kind of offense they're running right now, but. Um, I don't think the offense has been that bad. I think what it's been is just bad management of time and then putting Russell in in bad spots because the fact is their offensive line is not as good as it needs to be. And um, you add the notion of Seattle knowing, did he just miss a field goal? No. They called a timeout. Okay. They just called their last time. Why would they? Uh, that's that's just not a, a good setup. All right. So... so I'm going to go. I don't like this setup. My point. Yeah. yeah. The, the notion of um, before we get into your, I mean, what is it? 65? I mean, they're, he's made the longest field goal. They forget they're not in Denver. Yeah. I mean, he's made the longest field goal ever. And Seattle, you can make longer field goals. There's no um, like crazy bad weather, but it is a long field goal. He got under that one. He still missed it. Game over. That's all right. Freaking Peyton, like, living and dying by every Denver. Yeah, that tells you what team he, he simps for. Um, that was a bad loss by Denver, and that gives uh, Seattle energy going into um, in a Santa Clara next Sunday afternoon for um, a 4-25 start. They'll be 1-0, while uh, the 49ers are 0-1. All the Seattle fans that are shitting on Russell Wilson. It was an uninspiring performance by Denver in certain areas for sure. But I mean, Seattle's um, like borderline one of the worst teams in the league right now, and they managed yeah, to get a win. That's 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 a, another that same way as the Niners. The the NFC West went one and three or one and yeah, one and three well, this week. Yeah. And the, the only team that won is the Seattle Seahawks. So Law of averages. So we will see. Nate Hackett's fighting about something. Game's over anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. South went 0-2-2. So the point is, yeah, 0-2-2, which means the Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans are leading by a quarter of a game by over the Jacksonville Jaguars and the um, what is it? What the hell's the other? And the Houston Tech and the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Titans the Tennessee missed a Titans. field goal. Yeah, they missed a game-winning field goal, and yeah, I guess well against the Giants, the whole team, the Giants. Oh, yeah, good yeah. lord. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad I missed. I I missed that. Oh, that was or no? I I heard. Oh no, I heard it and I walked out. And I did. I I ignored it, and then freaking the first uh, game in the new regime for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, uh, Buffalo Bills light regime that they have with the New York Giants. 
uh, one. Yeah, my God. That, yeah. But Saquon Barkley is probably a big reason why that happened uh, yesterday. Um, yeah. Because then, he looked like Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Saquon again. And then also, last point on that, the uh, Steelers, the Steelers and the uh, Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals, oh they that was a pretty tight game too. And they, like I, I was looking at the scoreboard and they're both that, that game and the Colts game were both tied at 20 in overtime. And I honestly thought that they would see It'd two games tie and both have the same score. And which you know, would have I'm been all, like some it. sort of numerology. Yeah. I'm all for it. You know, we get to have like everybody tie, you know, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, it should have been a tie, but Houston, well, the thing is Cincinnati should have won the game, but they had high snaps, at least on two kicks that cost them. And you only hear about the long snapper when they fuck up, but that's literally what happened. The long snapper was fucking up. Evan McPherson, who's one of the best kickers in the NFL, had issues. Um, Chris uh, Boswell, who's been around in Pittsburgh forever. He missed at least one kick uh, where he could have won a game, and uh, that kind of didn't help their cause. So, I mean, Pittsburgh winning that one, it's going to be an interesting division. Baltimore's already lost Kyle Fuller for the year. They've lost a couple players for the year. Um, Cincinnati losing that game, it's going to piss them off. Uh, Pittsburgh getting that win, they're going to have to fight every week. And then um, Cleveland got a win against Baker Mayfield in Carolina or against Carolina. So they're just trying to fight to when um, sexual molester gets to come back in week 13 and put themselves in a position to um, have a chance. My God, Geno Smith fired up on Monday Night Football getting interviewed by Lisa Salters. Christ Almighty. Must be like a West Virginia game. Must be like having some sort of flashback. How the fuck did the Denver Broncos lose to the Seattle Seahawks? What a joke. My goodness. Um, Let's get into the truck series or through all the NASCAR. We have three races we have to pick and um, make our picks and our previews for Bristol this weekend. So it's a round of eight for the truck series. One driver will miss the field. Uh, The 90 truck, I assume, would be that truck that would miss the field. Uh, The Ryum brothers don't have drivers for either of their vehicles. Um, 20 for Young's doesn't have a driver. The O2 for Young's doesn't have a, a driver. So that's something we'll hear later in the week. But 37 for 36. Uh, we have eight drivers left in this playoff uh, format. Uh, peep, I'm trying to look. Rajah Karuth is driving for Spire uh, in the 7 truck. After that, I'm trying to look for Taylor Gray will be in the 17. 51 will be driven by Corey Heim. After, yeah, and Parker Kligerman will run, of course, in the home game for Henderson Motorsports in the 75. Other than that, nothing of great significance. I guess Timmy Hill driving the 56. I think he's been running it all year anyway. And I think his brothers ran it a few times. But um, Josh, uh, who do you look at to win this race uh, on uh, Thursday or Friday or Thursday, Wednesday or whenever the fuck they're running it? Uh, do you see somebody outside of the playoff winning it? If not, who do you see winning it? And then who's a wild card for you? Yeah, I mean, I think playoff drivers look at the you know one of the top four. Uh, I'm gonna you know roll again with Chandler Smith. 
uh, you know, he he won or well didn't win last week. The other team, you know, John Hernandez won, but um, I still you know think the KBM cars are are really good. Um, you know, you could also go with the Zane Smith, but you know I'm going to go with the Chandler Smith uh, for for Bristol um, for the Truck Series. Uh, other you know playoff drivers to look at. Um, um, I have to pull up the standings. Uh, you know, other other drivers. Uh, you know, possibly uh, looking here at the standings. Driver driver points after reset. Uh, you know, maybe you know maybe Christian Eckes. You know, he's I think he's uh, or Grant Infinger. Those are guys that you you can look at potential contenders of the you know second half of the playoff drivers. Um, you know, I think um, Corey. Well, not Corey Heim, but uh. You know Tyler Ankrum, Derek Krause, uh, you know they could potentially you know be wild cards on short tracks. I'm going to go with Derek Krause as a, a guy in the short track. Um, you know he's been you no know, not really that great. You know this year, finished, you know he's 11th in the standings, but he can um, maybe he's somebody that can uh, finish in the top 10. He's been solid at other tracks, so you know let's see uh, if he can um, you know be be something of of uh worthiness here at at bristol um but yeah i feel like i haven't seen the truck series in a long time at bristol so it's hard to tell but um you know the uh should be interesting especially now that you know it's the round of eight uh it's, things are going to get a little bit tighter maybe maybe see some more aggressive moves from you know the guys that are in uh fifth through eighth place uh as they you know, try to get a win at Bristol, lock themselves in early, don't have to worry about the stress or anything. So go to you know other tracks like Talladega, um, at, as you know as a as an example, or um, getting locked in early. You don't have to worry about getting wiped out in a crash later on. Uh, but, you know before they go to Phoenix. So you know we'll see what happens though. Oh, who is your wild card there? Derek I, I Kraus. Kraus, yeah. yeah. Um, I picked Derek Krause. I was picked the wrong McAnally driver there last week. Just to go and kind of review uh, last week's picks, uh, Josh, as usual, seems to hit him better than I do. Uh, he picked Bobber Wallace Jr. as his wild card. And I guess he was uh, manifesting that, so good on you on that. Um, Daryl Wallace Jr. was racing Brad Keselowski, who was my wild card. Uh, I fucked up on that one. Martin Truex Jr. was my winner pick, and Josh picked Young Money. We picked everybody, I think, or, yeah, yeah, we picked two of the four uh, junior motorsports cars, but neither of them were uh, Gagson. I picked Keebler Gibbs. He finished second. Um, we picked the Smiths, which uh, might be a precursor or something. Um, in the trucks last week, uh, he picked T-Burrito, as I mentioned earlier, you actually picked Cal Nylot as a wild card, which was a good pick up to early in the race on Sunday, and it went to hell. Yeah, you did pick yeah. Jo- you picked Will Power uh, as your champion, and you were right. So um, good on you on that. Uh, my picks for the race uh, at Bristol, you know, I'm picking. I'm going to pick Zane Smith uh, to win, and then and wild card will be. It's the question. Who is my wild card going to be? Because now it's any, to me, it's anybody outside of the playoff drivers. I guess we can make it that way. Oh, so there's McAnally's actually bringing another truck 
Uh, that's interesting. I didn't see that. My computer might have froze. I don't know if I'm still on. Um, just let me know. You're, you're here. You're here. Okay. Um, because everything else is frozen on my end. My, um, my mouse is like off or, uh, to go. Okay. So I'm going to have to do this by hand because my mouse ain't working anymore. Uh, great thing about having a touch screen. So I didn't notice that Jake Garcia is going to run a third McAnally, uh, truck, uh, number 35. So that's interesting. Um, uh, my wild card for this weekend's race is Ty Bajeski. Uh, He's a guy that it's not just because I've been a fan of his for a while. He's a short track racer by trade. He's won all the big races in super, super late models. He's he's a great driver. To be fair, when you look at the point standings, he's going to need help to make the final four. If he can go out there at Bristol and win and, and go and get the victory, I mean, it would be a huge... Uh, victory uh, for that organization. Um, I'm trying to, yeah, so I guess the battery might have died. I might help. Uh, so I don't have a mouse anymore uh, live on air, but I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to go and um, stop myself from finishing out this show here because of that. Let's get into the Xfinity uh, series. It'll be a uh, Food City 300. So it'll be 300 lap race uh, this uh, coming weekend. A lot of drivers, so 38 spots, but 41 drivers for 38 spots. Got some interesting names here. Bobby McCarty, who's a late model driver in the um, car series, uh, running against uh, Junior Motorsports. So he's getting his um, uh, debut in the NASCAR Big 3 Series. Brandon Brown will be driving the five car for BJ McLeod, Sage Karam. Uh, who's moving over to our motorsports to drive the zero two. So he's going to be running out a, a lot of the rest of the races here in the Xfinity series. So that's something to look at. Um, Joe Graff is actually back for whatever reason. Uh, Sammy Smith in the 18, Jeffrey Earnhardt in the 26 for Sam Hunt, Kyle Weatherman, at least to qualify. Uh, we'll see if uh, Jesse Uji wants to go and, run and be terrible as he always is uh emerling running for himself number 35 uh cj mclaughlin and the 38 ryan yeah ryan c of course yeah. ryan ellis in the 44 and uh, stephen parsons in the 45 47 has no driver nick sanchez will be in the 48 i mentioned him earlier the uh, means motorsports team actually put in an entry this weekend so we'll see who's going to drive that uh, Yaley in the 66, Chris Wrong in the uh, 68, Ronnie Bassett 77, Mason Massey in the 91, you know, David Starr in the 08, Chad Fincham in the 13, Matt Mills in the 78, Josh Williams in the 92. So we have to get into who do we think is going to win at Bristol. Well, I'm going to go, I'll go out on a limb. I forgot Joe and Troy are announcing Monday Night Football. But yeah, they're announcing Monday Night Football. It's crazy to think that. Uh, I'm going to go out. I, I'm going to go and say Josh Berry wins. Uh, it's been a while for him. He needs a victory. It would be a good momentum booster for him. I can't go out and pick a Collie car. I would have wanted to pick Hamrick or Castle, but they don't have the speed. Uh, it's speaking towards a certain team, and I think you might go there, Josh, but... 
Uh, I think Barry comes out there. It's a good track for junior motorsports in general. All Guyer's always done well there uh, in the Xfinity series. And, and I, I think it's a good spot for him to go and get that win. Uh, in regards to a wild card pick, my wild card pick is Sheldon Creed. So I'm going full fandom. I'm full. I'm going full. Uh, uh, no, no, no joke. I'm just going full fandom uh, on my picks. And I'll go and tight and Josh is typing it in for me. So thank you for that. Uh, who are you picking, Josh? Uh, once you're done, you let me know when you're ready to go. You're ready to go. You let me, uh, let us know who your picks are for uh, Friday night's uh, Food City 300 on the Bristol Concrete. Yeah, make this easy. I'm going to go with the hot hand here in the series and pick the other junior motorsports car and Noah Gregson. Pick him. I think, you know, he... He can win Bristol and um, win uh, what fifth race of the year. So Ty Ty Gibbs for Xfinity lead and uh, series wins for the year, and put himself in a position to be really good uh, for the playoffs and you know potentially be there at the end for the uh, Xfinity championship. Um, uh, wild card, wild card. Uh, go with um, it's pretty tough here. Uh, a lot of slim pickings here. I feel like. Is, is, there's a really good cream of the crop, you know, for Xfinity Series, and then there's not much after it. But, you know, you're picking Sheldon Creed. Well, I will pick uh, Ryan Sieg since uh, Ryan Sieg is trying to defend his way into the playoffs. Uh, so um, you know, he's trying to make it in, and he's got to keep Sheldon Creed from making it in. So I'll pick uh, Ryan Sieg, uh, you know, to be a wild card and race his, uh, you know, keep his position in the playoffs and as we go to uh you know bristol and uh uh be in the, or you know start the playoffs after that just give me a second here i'm gonna go and finish uh the post there gax in the win and uh big wild card i mean there are probably a couple other guys probably could have went with wild card wise could have been a little more i think sammy yeah. smith might be somebody to look at uh for the wild card with the 18 he's been up there yeah uh he's he's and he's had pace if he can qualify up front he has a chance there um nick sanchez that 48 cars won with uh tyler reddick of course and uh last week ross chastain finished top five in a limited amount of laps um uh, but that car is good that's yeah, another I mean, one for me wild card pick is more of a you know Relative to their performance, you know, kind of thing, um, and based on well, know, I'm not of, talking yeah. about your pick, but I'm kind of throwing oh, yeah. it out there as well as a couple other people. Yeah, we ended up hedging with the points. We made it interesting in regards to the points battle because essentially, whoever is the better of those guys is going to make the playoff. And then when it comes to Gregson, he has five. If he goes and wins, he'll have six wins. He'll have the most wins going into the the playoff. If Josh Berry's able to win on Friday night, it'll be a big momentum booster. Bumgarner's about to take over running the organization. So this is his last hurrah on the road, uh, trying to go and get a, a championship, knowing that Josh Berry will be back next year. Essentially, three of the four rides at uh, Junior Motorsports are set. Uh, the one, seven, and eight are all going to be back. Uh, it's just who's going to be in the nine car uh, next year at Junior Motorsports. So the big one is now. 
the Cup Series uh, night race at Bristol, Bass Pro Shops night race. Uh, by the time we get there, we're going to have the big announcement. More than likely, the Kyle Busch motor. Kyle Busch is going to be driving for uh, Richard Childers Racing. Uh, when you consider that um, Richard Childers removed his watch and wanted to shove his fist in Kyle Busch's ass many years ago, uh, now he's going to be driving for Richard Childress, which seems like hell is freezing over. Um, it's a pretty big deal. There's only 36 cars, so no problem in regards to qualifying. The bigger question, though, uh, yeah, let's go that. Josh Balicki will be in the 77. EJ McLeod will be in his 78. Ty Gibbs in the 23. AJ Allmendinger in the 16 car. And JJ Ailey in the 15 for Rick Ware. So uh, Bristol night race. It's a wild card race in a lot of ways, but now it's a cutoff race in the playoff. Josh, uh, you get first dibs, winner, wild card, and then the bigger question, who gets knocked out of the playoffs here in round one after Saturday night's race at Bristol? Well, uh, you know, I, I like the trend that we're on now with winners, the first two winners being non playoff or at least non-driver playoff contending guys and i want to continue that trend and so obviously this leads to me saying that i believe martin truex jr will win at bristol um i feel like you know he's done done a good job on you know as of late um but you know he just didn't have the results to make it in and he should have been in the playoffs anyways uh so you know i i think um you know he's been generally good at Bristol or at, at short tracks and um you know I think he can finally finally get a win here so you know let's go three for three drivers not contending for the championship uh drivers championship um you know winning the winning the race keeping playoff drivers um from winning um which makes it really interesting for uh you know for this playoff uh as far as you know especially with uh elimination goes because you know some drivers they could win and get in, uh, like Kyle Busch, like Kevin Harvick, both on the outside uh, looking in uh, for the playoffs. Um, you know, for so for wild card here first before we get to that, uh, you know, before we get to that entry list. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you know I'll go with um, uh, wild card. See, you know, I'll I'll go with uh, Michael McDowell as the wild card. Uh, you know, I I feel like you know there been been tracks. I you know I feel like this car lends you know lends to um you know the smaller teams kind of doing well on the short tracks, and I feel like you know he's been pretty solid throughout the year. Um, for the most part, you know, he, um, not good enough to make the playoffs, but you know he's a solid uh, top twenty driver. So you know I could I could see him you know possibly getting a, a top fifteen at the very least. Uh. You know, in in uh, at Bristol, and then for the elimination, uh, you know, this is tough. But you know, I think you know, I'm. It's been interesting since the you eliminated lap- Harvick because the only yeah. way he's going to make it is uh, with a yeah win, by a win. So. Yeah, well, yeah, by a win. But other things could happen because you know the initial you know round sixteen elimination: Alex Bowman, William Byron, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick. Um, you know, the, what we talked about, you know, at the beginning, you know, 
two weeks ago. But I, you know, obviously Alex Bowman's been a lot better. William Byron's in second. Uh, you know, Chase Briscoe still still on the outside looking in. So I think two of those are going to end up hitting, uh, or at least one. You know, one of those. I think Chase Briscoe doesn't make it. Uh, you know, I don't think Kevin Harvick is going to make it. I don't think he. I, I wanted him to, but you know, I, now now we've seen it. I find it hard to believe that he can. You know, unless he you know, has a miracle win. You know, I, um, don't think he's going to get in here. Uh, Austin Dillon, I was wrong on that. I didn't think he had enough pace. Uh, to you know, or I thought he might have been able to, but uh, so far he should has not shown enough pace. Um, and you know, I'm gonna go with Austin Sindrick, uh losing out to Kyle Busch. I I do think Kyle Busch is only two points away, um, and uh, you know Kyle Busch is good at Bristol, so you know I'm gonna say Kyle Busch makes it into the next round, but Austin uh, Sindrick fails. So um, yeah, that that's what I'll roll with. Uh, but you know anything could happen. Um, but yeah, I think those who are going to get eliminated. Yeah. I don't think that's, that that's pretty safe, honestly. And it makes a lot of sense to be fair. Dylan backed into this playoff. Cindric won the Daytona 500 and has been better in qualifying, but hasn't been able to, um, match it with race pace. And then you add, of course, Chase Briscoe, who has been a complete enigma and probably taken at least a year off of my life with some of the performances they've had this year. Um, for me, I mean, I like your pick in regards to MTJ. I don't know if he's ever won in a cup car at Bristol. I mean, there was a while where Martin Truex had never won a short track race. Now, of course, he's won races at Martinsville and uh, Richmond. So I, I think that would be the first time he's ever won at Bristol if he does that on Saturday I think Truex won at he Bristol. He won the dirt truck race. He won the dirt truck. He won race. Xfinity all the way and back he's in won 2004. Xfinity back in 2004. So he's never won a cup race, I don't believe. But um, that would be something uh, if that was the case. Actually, first ever cup or NASCAR win, I think, in in the Bush Big Three win yep. was yeah in the Taco Bell car number eight or yeah, chance for, two. Um, chance two, exactly. Uh, that was the first win in route to his first of two consecutive Xfinity Series or Bush Series championships for chance to for uh, Dale and Kelly. Um, I'm going to go a little different there. I will go and pick, you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? I'm going to go Kevin Arbor. I'm going to go for the wild card. The guy had a car to win last year in this race. Hendrick went and played team play to assist. Uh, Kyle Larson, uh, in part because I guess um, Clyde was aggrieved by Kevin Harvick, and they played uh, they played patty cake with each other. They played grab ass with each other because that's what they do um, after the race. Uh, but Kevin Harvick had a car to win, didn't get it. Uh, Larson was on his way to that championship. In this spot, they have nothing to lose. Point is, a couple, two, three. A month ago, we didn't think Kevin Harvick was going to make this playoff. They went and won back-to-back races. Now their backs are against the wall again. The fuck doesn't matter to them to go and, and go and win another one. So I'm picking Kevin Harvick to win on uh, Saturday night. My wild card pick for this race. I have to go over here. I'm going to go. And we talk about motorsport.com, utilizing them. Jayski, another great resource. So credit to those two. I'm going to go. 
to over to go to racing reference and um get the last you know, active drivers only at bristol the last 10 races average finish yeah i mean that that actually fits because his average finish is only second behind kyle larson in the last 10 races and he's run 10 races he has the best average finish over people who have run the last uh now i guess four and a half years or five and whatever it is because it's 10 so nine yeah harvick hamlin joey logano eric jones i don't know how that math works now, that doesn't work because chase briscoe's run at bristol three times uh so that didn't work out unless they're counting bristol dirt that is weird um okay yeah, it is expired of course it would because it's wrong um i was gonna go i was gonna use their fantasy thing to go and figure out their the recent trend it's like the last 10 races because they're going to say Bristol as Bristol Motor Speedway to drivers NASCAR Cup Series. It's like, how are you going to go and say that Chase Briscoe is only running one race at Bristol? Okay. Well, for me, because Daniel Suarez has run nine. So that makes no sense. Uh, I'm going to go for my wild card. I'm going to go and pick Eric Jones because he's great at Bristol. He almost he almost won the night race when I went there in 2017. Um, Kyle Busch moved him over to win that race. Uh, he was driving for uh, Furniture Row in the 77 car with Five Hour Energy as a sponsor. That would have been his first career win. I would have been psyched for that. He's been great at Bristol in his career. Uh, it would be huge for that organization if he could go and get a win or run really, really well there. That's my uh, wild card pick. I already picked guy that would go and advance into the round of 12. So, um, so I'm saying Kevin Harvick makes the round of 12. Um, Kyle Busch is going to make the round of 12. It's I, I just have a hard time believing he won't. Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe's my guy. He ain't, Dillon ain't going to make it. After that, I will say Austin Sindrick gets knocked out and Daniel Suarez. Even though it is one of his best racetracks at Bristol, it's a good racetrack for him. He's had good runs. He has good runs on the dirt a couple of years ago. Last year on the dirt, he did. Um, Suarez has not been good enough. Now, I was saying, uh, I guess I didn't make picks. I must have been really drunk when I said that I wouldn't make picks for this playoff, but um, they're going to be in there now. So in this case, uh, Daniel Suarez, uh, Dylan, Sindrick, and... Um, Who is your winner? Briscoe. I picked uh, I picked Harvick to win. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, so I can write that down. Harvick to win, Eric Jones is a wild card, and then the elimination is the 99, the 2, the 3, and the 14 will get eliminated, meaning Spreddick will fade, 18 will fade, even though Kyle Busch is probably going to get knocked out in the next round. Um, probably Tyler Reddick will get knocked out in the rest of the next round unless he wins at the Charlotte Row, but that's something we'll get into later. Uh... Yeah, so um, with that, Josh, let's uh, hear about things going on in iRacing and um, in regards to all kinds of sims like Formula One and the like. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, last week in iRacing was week 13, and it was all the uh, events that happened for fun, so not really any real serious racing. But, you know, they had one series that I was trying out. The They had a 13th week ridiculousness league and that was the IndyCar, arca car and cup car uh all in the same the current next gen car all at in the talladega. same race at talladega yep 
So I did that, and um, that was pretty fun. Um, I mean, you're basically flat footing it, you know, around around the racetrack. But um, you know, when you have one of the Indy car setups in there, you can you know go 250 miles an hour in the draft, and then you just blow by the uh, stock cars. They're only going like 180 to you know 195. So when you blow by them like that, then they cue on the voice chat and they're like, oh, like, oh my God, I can't believe that was so fast. And, you know, you scare, scare a few people. And that's, that's what we did uh, in the Indy cars there. Um, but then of course the Indy cars, some of them mess up and then um, the field thins out pretty quickly. Uh, so, you know, that's, there's also that um, I had a couple of wreck avoid avoidances and then a couple of ones where I, you know, crashed out, but you know, it was all fun fun stuff this week. No, you know, nothing counted to any, towards anything. So you could do any, any, anything you wanted. Um, um, yeah, I did that for the most part. I mean, we did Talladega, Indianapolis road course, um, Daytona speedway. So pretty much, you know, all the big ovals and everything for IndyCar and NASCAR, uh, there. Um, but yeah, that was taking the, I was taking the, uh, Michigan IndyCar setup and running with that. And then I, needed a little bit more gear so i in sixth gear so just lengthened the sixth gear enough until i had a maximum speed of like 256 miles an hour and that was that was good enough to you know pull up in the draft up to like 250 but um still you know you lose speed after that so maybe i needed to tune it up a little bit more to not lose speed when you pull out and pass but um you know running around 250 like that in you know pack of indie cars like that is pretty fun um you know and you got to really manage and time your runs there just like you know you would in a stock car but you know you're just going a whole lot faster um and they're and then you're blowing by guys um they're going like hat like not even well i won't say half your speed but you know going significantly slower and everything so that was that was pretty entertaining there but yeah we'll back to regular i racing this week um of course, there'll be you know NASCAR Bristol this week, so maybe I might do that. I haven't really, I haven't really raced NASCAR on short track in a while, um, partly because um, I, I don't know, I tend to get into too many incidents, so I, I don't really like uh, hurting my rating on the on the um, you know on the scale there. But uh, you know, it's always fun though. Maybe I might do it. IndyCar, IndyCar is at Vegas this week, um, and Laguna Seca, so. Uh, probably do Laguna Seca uh, rather than Vegas, but maybe I'll do. Uh, yeah, because I have Laguna Seca; it's free, so I'll do that. Um, uh, the other sports car oval uh, stuff: uh, MX5 at Sakuba Circuit. Uh, I'm trying to look. Uh, GT3 at at Daytona, so Ferrari GT3 at Daytona. Um, I think uh, Porsche Porsche 911 GT3s are at Watkins Glen. So might might do that. Um, we'll see. But um, um, yeah, uh, I think um, you know we'll see. We'll see if there's anything else I'll do. But you know, main main focus is on the IndyCar and the soccer. But you know, going between both both those series and then occasionally dabbling into the some of the other road cars. So we'll go we'll go do that. And actually, oh, the um, didn't see this now, but the advanced Mazda MX-5. Uh, Cup series is uh racing in Watkins Glen, so might try that one out, so we'll see. But as always in iRacing, you know, a lot of content to choose from to race on and anything, and you may may or may not uh 
have yourself in a race against the one of the executive producers, aka Dale Earnhardt Jr., or any other guys. You know, you may run into Fernando Alonso. Uh, that did not happen to me, but I've seen a bunch of people on iRacing Reddit uh, show that they are racing with Fernando Alonso um, in a road racing series, or I think even in a couple of oval oval series they saw fernando alonso in there or any other of these professional drivers that you know hop on the sim for fun uh you know that's that's the great thing is that you can actually race against these these guys you know some you know there's some guys that have raced or not raced but done pickup basketball or you know play pickup football like against you know michael jordan or you know they see him on vacation but um you know that you you know that you're they're gonna be you know dominating you already and so it's just more of you know you're there but you know in iRacing you have a chance to go up against some of these pros and actually you know rate you know practice your racecraft against you know guys that do it for real so i feel like it's a little bit you know similar in that sense but um that's what that's what makes it enjoyable when you can do things like that so um yeah that that concludes sim segment there um and of course, you can always follow Twitch TV slash Sailor 2 and that's where iRacing stuff will be. Of course, you can see the iRacing IndyCar at Talladega going 250 miles an hour. You can see that there, uh, some of the streams I did there. Um, and of course, you know you can follow my personal profile at uh, Twitter slash Twitter.com slash uh, JB Huffa and see all of my thoughts on football, racing, and any, anything else I'm interested in. Go on there and. Um, um, of course, you can follow our YouTube channel at uh, Grip Street Podcast and go on there, you know, subscribe to our channel, see our videos, and you know, see all the content we have on there. Go watch and support our channel there. So, um, yeah, that's where you can follow us and follow our channel, follow me at. So, um, yeah, that concludes me uh, for this uh, show. You, Phil, you can go ahead and close us out for the rest of the show. All right, man. Thanks, as always, for um, doing your thing. Uh, providing all the great insight and content that you do and also handling the video side of our show on the YouTube page at Gripture Podcast there. Um, all of our episodes are updated. Uh, you can listen to us on the audio side, basically anywhere where you can hear podcasts. I'm just going to list them anyway. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Verbal, uh, where you can go and hear the Gripster podcast. And probably there's other ones that I'm missing. But, um, you know, because we have Podbean, we're able to get good access and good growth and uh, uh, wide berth amongst podcast listeners. And we'll have this episode out here later this week uh, with the Gripster podcast. Josh, um, of course, you sailor too with his um, uh, Twitch feed. And um, he does a great job with his racing. Uh, he does the right thing. He kind of was the way that uh, Will Power handled this year, which is not what he would usually do, uh, which is part of why he ended up winning that championship. But Josh is a good racer. So there is that. You can find me at Philip G. Matthew on Twitter. Twitter. Find us at Gripstrip Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can find the Gripster Podcast at philipgmatthew.com as well. And um, yeah, we'll be back for episode 135 next week. We'll go over all things motorsports and sports, football, baseball, and the like because we're getting close to the end of the season. Looking back at the candle calendar, two weeks till the end of 
baseball season, so we might get a little Yankee coverage in there. Uh, but we'll talk about the NASCAR uh, triple header at Bristol. We will get into NHRA, MotoGP. Uh, next week, we'll also get into whatever else is going on in the world of motorsports, football, NFL Week 2, college, anything goes on there. Rutgers beat Wagner. Uh, they're probably getting humbled this week, but they baptized Wagner for whatever reason, uh, 66 to 7 uh, on Saturday. Hopefully, next week in the bowling realm, I'll have better news. Um, the cash realm, I don't know. Hopefully, I could make a little more money. Maybe we can monetize this thing. <laughs> I can make a couple bucks. So I could live a little better. But with that, for Josh, I'm Phil. Thanks for always listening to the Gripster Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode 135 to go over all things motorsports and sports. Thank you for your support. Take care. God bless. And goodbye.